Tony Dunn, and not to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. In a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions, only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers Podcast. Well, hey there, Panther fans. Hey, <laughs> it's Tuesday night. Hold on. Let me take a little sip. Oh, it's the C3 Panthers podcast. And training camp is right around the corner. We've got some great stuff for you tonight on the longest running Panthers podcast on the internet. The C3 Panthers podcast live every Tuesday night, 9 p.m. into the wee hours of Wednesday morning. We've got some fantastic content about the upcoming upcoming training camp. It's going to be record scorching hot. At least the world is on fire right now, and we're heading to the the fires of the South Carolina hell of Spartanburg next week. We'll be at Monster Subs next Thursday, and that training camp from Wednesday through Sunday. Guys, we've got Brian Burns turning down the bag, or maybe just being patient for the market to set itself to get him the compensation that he needs. We've got a Kimaquanu, Cade Mays, out there studying among some of the best, hopefully not getting bullied by one of the best bullies in the world in Richard Incognito. And did I mention that running backs are big mad right now? That's the talk of the town. And we want to hear from you guys on whatever you want to talk about with the Carolina Panthers. My name's Tony Dunn. The number's 252-228-5098. And I'm always rocking with my wheel, man. Cody Lashney, how you doing, my friend? Tony Don, you know I'm doing great because it's a Tuesday night and there's nowhere I'd rather be than chilling with my boys talking Carolina Panthers, man. We have a big time show tonight. You already alluded to some of it. Might we be on the precipice of a running back strike? I don't know. It sure seems like a lot of running backs are upset right now. Uh, We're going to do a little bit of a training camp primer talk about some battles that we're expecting to see. Uh, And how about Madden continuing to disrespect the Carolina Panthers every time they rank Panthers players? Bro, it is straight up disrespectful. But you know we're going to talk about it. With the best damn Panther fans and all the YouTube, you already know them and love them. It's Adam Sanders, my man, Anthony Piccarello. What's up, Anthony? The brand ambassador, these ill skills, Charlotte Sports One, Eric, just don't care. Muscles Marinara, we'll be seeing you soon, brother. My Paisan, Sean Hume, smells like blue, the real AP, Tim Estes, Zach Baker, and the one, the only Panther Pickle. Tony Dunn, ain't nothing to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. Smash the thumbs up button, subscribe, check us out on iTunes, tune in, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast. Be sure to write us a review and help us grow. We're going to be in Spartanburg for training camp next week, live, probably an hour or so after camp on Thursday, the 27th, I believe is the date. I continue to struggle with numbers at Monster Subs, hanging out with my paisan. Muscles Marinara, who was in the chat. We're going to be doing a live podcast there. We've got some great surprises for you. Some cool gifts potentially to give away. 
and some fun to be had. We're here with Greg, the Bat Daddy, the Stat Daddy. How are you doing, my friend? Tony Dunn, the sky is falling. The world is going crazy, and this is the only place that I feel safe and comfortable right now is right here in my oh. chair at the C3 Panthers podcast on Tuesday and on Rumble. We got four people in the chat room right now on Rumble, so if you haven't had a chance to check that out, go check it out. It's another form of uh, another way to check us out. Um, so hit the Rumble button if you're in there. Hit the thumbs up if you're in YouTube, and let's talk some Panthers football. Rumble, C- Rumble. CK, the voice that makes some voices in the house. We're heading to Spartanburg. I know you're excited. Boy, we're going to be bunk mates. We're going to be having a blast. We're going to be hanging out with Muscles Marinara. Are you ready for the heat? Dude, I am. I'm trying to prepare myself as much as I possibly can, but I have a feeling based on the things that I've heard, it's not going to be enough. <laughs> so we're going to see. I have this. Uh, I bought this little neck fan here. Right. I got this little neck fan. Right. I went out golfing with it. It just blows hot air on you. So, so like it's better than nothing, but it certainly is not like what I feel like would be best if there was like a a tank and it did a mister. But the problem with that mister is by the time you were done with your time in Spartanburg, you would be drenched. So it is what it is. Um, Okay. Yeah, but we have those exact same fans in the in the mail trucks. That's the AC in the mail trucks. I'll give you a hint. Take a bottle of water that's frozen, rubber band, wrap it in a paper towel, and rubber band it to the front. Then you've got homemade AC. Oh snap! All so, right, <laughs> play that. bottles. Mm-hmm. Look, I tell you this is I saw something in the news that it was like record-setting heat across America right now. Um. Death Valley, I read, was the hottest place on earth, which is insane. I didn't even know that the hottest place on earth was in America. The highest recorded temperature in America is 130, and the other day it was 128. (laughs) So they're saying it's going to break the record this year. Let's add one more thing to this crazy summer that it was you know we didn't have much of a spring it just went fast i mean we're actually we had a like it just went immediately it was very uh mild for a while and then all of a sudden it just went straight to hell there was setting. no warning yeah um when it comes to this though is we've had a remarkably wet month or two it has rained and rained and rained and while that rain brings a respite momentarily it just turns into humidity. Uh, one of my buddies today, he's from St. Louis, and he was like, he's, he goes, why? What's all this fog-looking mess? He thought it was smog. I was like, bro, it's that haze. shit is humidity, dude. That's just moisture. Dude, it outside is of my house. from the ground up. You, dude, you can look outside of my house and look above the buildings and see the haze. Mm. There's been uh, weather alerts about the air quality, dude. It's awesome. in here. Dude, it's crazy, man. All right. Um, fun stuff to talk about. The numbers 252-228-252-228-5098. That's 252-228-5098. We've got some fun things to talk about when it comes to Brian Burns potentially being overvalued. Wait, hold your horses, folks. Wait for the story. It's the time of the year where people write stories that gets clicks, and they got me. And you know what? I'm passing the clicks forward. Passing the clicks forward is not what you think. It's a compliment. He's overvalued in a complimentary way. We've got Joe Person writing about every single player, even the ones that I don't even, never even heard of. Right. Yeah. Never even heard of these guys. <clears throat> We've got running backs colluding throughout the league. 
and collusion for today's kids is just saying, we're going to get up and be upset together on the internet tomorrow. So they all locked arms and whined today. And it turns out that people don't understand math. No, they don't understand math. Folks. Oh, dude. I'm, is, I'm, this is, is insane. I know. Najee I sure Harris, don't. Najee Harris, you might be a great running back. Alabama, we got to work on averages, statistics, and the meaning and value of numbers going forward. We've got that and training camp preview. Also, we're going to do a Panthers all pro team tonight. Hopefully, if we can get to it and news around the league, Cody, let's jump into the show. Let's do it. And real quick, shout out to our guy, Sea Dog 1983 TV. He says, hit the like button. It's free. And rest in peace to Uncle Ray, man. Rest in peace. Um, we definitely appreciate you guys. Let's jump into this show, man. Uh, we are preparing for the 2023 Panthers training camp. It is right around the corner. We're getting pumped. A lot of you are going to meet us there in person when we go. Um, and, uh, first off, you, you know, we have to, uh, continue to talk a little bit of news that actually happened last week, talking about Musin Mohammed, uh, made it into the hall of fame or, oh, or the hall, the of, hall honor. of honor. Yeah. yeah through talent, hard work, and a lucky pair of cleats. Um, uh, talk about. Moose I want to play the second. video, but yeah, I'm will. also I'll, concerned I'll that the music, whatever it is, it doesn't sound like monetized music, but you right. never know with the internet today. Uh, just like the Peppers one. It's and Yeah, but they didn't have music to it, did they? Uh, I mean, they had music. See? Again, I don't know if it was... Right, right. We'll see. Yeah, we'll yeah, see. Yeah, I mean, yeah. might as well give it a shot, I guess. Is, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, if yeah. you want us to play the video, uh, consider buying a C3 mug. Or uh, hitting a super chat or becoming a C3 super fan for $1.99 so we can say screw those YouTube advertisements and just get straight to the point. Very heartfelt uh, video. God bless you, Gesundheit. Thank you. Um, heartfelt video. It's two and a half minutes. You can find it all on Carolina Panthers Twitter. I liked it a lot because this is like it gives you some insight into some of the things that these guys were thinking about. Great story about superstition. And Masim Muhammad's kids painting his cleats. He remembers the 85-yard touchdown and silencing the crowd in Philadelphia. Boy, there was such that 2003 season, arguably, while 2015 might have been the most fun season, the 03 season is to me the most iconic in a way. Is like we have the Moose 85-yard touchdown. We've got the Steve Smith overtime touchdown against the Rams to send us to the NFC Championship. We've got the Deshaun Foster run. If you need to feel better about your life, just go watch Deshaun Foster run through 27, the whole entire Philadelphia Eagles team. Oh, it's so great. I YouTube it just to feel better. Is this the video? Is this Masim? Let's watch it. Yeah. Put him in here. I will let you take it from here. Hey, how you doing? No, well, this is the pet one. Better in person or on the Zoom? No, no, it's not. Okay. It's camera tricks, man. Usually the blur. No, 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 no. That's what I said. Ostensibly, I want to talk to you about the, you know, 
the pick and getting ready for the draft. I guess you were second round pick. Is that right? I was, yeah, number number 43, second round pick, um, you know, so quite the experience, you know, as I, I reflect on it. But, uh, yeah. Were, were you ready for it when you came in the building? Were you ready for the experience? Oh, no. No, I wasn't. You know, I actually um, want to talk to you about, you know, um, something else um, besides just that. Um, you know, we'd like to induct you into the Panthers Hall of uh, Honor. What? You know, you know your name up in the stadium forever and ever and ever? Are you serious? <laughs> yes, I'm dead serious, Oh, I man. just got chills. This is yes, yes. Thank you so much. I don't even know what to say. I'm just... Uh... Nicole, I'm, I'm 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 shocked. I'm sitting here with tears in my eyes, thinking about the, you know. I know your career. You know, a couple of times Pro Bowl. You know, you've been a big part of the different teams here. Big part of you know when we, you know, we went to one of the Super Bowls and uh, look. I mean, and I got to know you a little bit as a man. So I mean, I'm really happy to have you in here and happy to have you represented on the on the bowl up there for well, as long as this building stands and beyond. Man, I don't know what to say, man. You caught me ball. <laughs> Gosh, thank you so much, Dave and Nicole. You, you guys are awesome. Um, I, I don't know what to say. I, I'm, this is this is a special moment for me and uh, and my family. And when this organization started, you know, back in '95, and we went in that stadium the first year in '96, it was a, it was a special year. It was special for the fans. It was special for the players. It was, it was special for everyone. And I think we set a foundation um, for excellence and success. And I know you guys are carrying that at the highest level and uh it's been a hell of a ride Dave. you know it's been a lot of fun coming out of little small lands in michigan you know um second round pick I mean, who would have thought it? i was a linebacker and a running back when i started playing football so um but hey you know all, a lot of things can come true if you put hard work this wasn't even the video i was talking about wow that oh, was one no there's another one they put out today where it's just moose it's produced, um, and he talks about um, it's just like him, and it's just him talking about his career. He talks about a, a couple of things. He talks about the 03 season, the touchdown catch. He then goes on to uh, the sport. He holds up the Sports Illustrated cover, and then he talks about the story, which was is really cool. He said oh, this. I found is, it. Do you want me to said, play it? Yeah, let's look at this one. This one's great. Uh, actually, before you hit play, though, I do want to mention yep. this. Let's talk about the one we just watched. So we yep. don't double, double. Um, last week, we talked about Julius Peppers, how much he meant to us individually and personally, uh, particularly me. He's like my Cam Newton. What, Cody? He, he is Julius Peppers is to Tony as Cam Newton is to Cody. Mm -hmm. um, but one of the things is the, both of these guys are so mild mannered. <clears throat> off the field but on the field they play with they play with an attitude that in some ways does even match their personality like they are um if you gave me a superhero that like had dual personalities that's how they both think about this peppers goes and takes remember he whacks the football away from cam he gets some attitude right he didn't play mild-manneredly Moose, who is the most kind of level-headed, you know, mild-mannered, mild-spoken guy, he had the awesome between the legs uh, celebration, celebration, right? He shushed the crowd, right? He 
had moments mm. where he showed his their personalities on the field. It's almost like they step into maybe a different place. Mm. Like um, they become, I don't know, a different person between the gridiron. And I just like getting that peak right from like the kind of alpha it takes on the field. And not to say they're not an alpha off the field. It's just like they're not like assholes. Right. Do, do you think that maybe personalities like that, especially in sports, are the kind of people that pin back all this aggression that a lot of people have in their day-to-day life and folk bottleneck that or focus it into the game? So all the aggression they would normally have during the week or things that they would, uh, you know, any kind of emotions beyond being calm and the kind of collective person they are, they funnel all that into the game and they use all that energy during the game and it makes them kind of yeah. a different person. It's almost what I feel like. Kind of like Luke Kickley, right? Yeah. Nicest guy off the field, on the field. A maniac. They compartmentalize stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Put it over here for Sunday. I'll pull it, it out. Almost, I think, too, something is it has to do. I just watched the Air movie about Jordan, the Nike and Jordan. Yeah. and um, Yeah, it was a good movie. What? There's this moment where Damon is like realizing this dude's special, right? And yeah. he's like, he's got something to him. It's like this calm, cool, killer. Maybe sometimes that level headedness like can help them overcome moments that cripple people like me. Right. So like I used to be on this bowling team when I worked at this restaurant. We had fun, man. We would do like great. I, I was actually a decent bowler at times. But like when it mattered, and it was like I gotta get this one, I just crumpled. Yeah, under the pressure, it mm-hmm. was like if nobody's watching, I'm bowling strikes. Right, and if it doesn't matter, when it's not for actually anything of real value, it's, right, it's the same way with golf. Mm-hmm. Right, right. It's like, uh, and then, and I just, and maybe it's that psychopathic killer instinct that lets them kind of maybe where things get you almost if you're trying to think of it in a cinematic way right if we were making a movie like the crowd's going nuts and it's getting quiet in your head you know and you're like mm-hmm. zeroing in by the way did you see uh ck did you see steph curry drop a fucking hole in one no dude fucking steph curry dude, on this that damn, guy's uh, the man he's a fucking another psycho there's mm-hmm. nothing he can't do it seems yeah he's yeah awesome. that's it's there's mm. something about being able to control your body in a certain way that like really translate into other sports like golf. Like it's it, when you yeah. look at professional players that end up going and playing golf, they're rarely bad. They're rarely coming at like they have a different mentality and they have such a con, like a focus on the sport and what they need to do to be successful. Like it's just it's not even a fair playing field, you know. Yeah. That's what we're well, hoping we got with Bryce Young, right? Uh, yeah, and I was about to say, quarterbacks love playing golf. Yeah, It's like a known thing, right? So there's something about you know playing the quarterback position that inevitably kind of leads to golf. I imagine it's the same thing when you're a pinpoint accurate shooter like Steph Curry as well. Um, did y'all want to say anything about Moose or y'all want me to play this video right Let's quick? play the next one. This is the one I'm a little worried about the music. So if you start getting... I think I heard what you mean, but I think it'll be fine. Okay. And if it doesn't, then... Uh, it'll, like, it'll be up on Rumble. Well, look, like, on YouTube, it'll be up on Rumble. First one with the $2 says, LOL, play that video, baby. So... <laughs> <laughs> My man. My name is Moussin Muhammad II. I'm a wide receiver. 
and I played 14 years in the National Football League. As I look at this ball, I remember catching the touchdown. I mean, I remember the play, and I had Ty Law on me, and I ran a double move on him, and he was no, in the backfield. I was so wide open. Jake just kind of heaved the ball at the rafters. And so I kind of caught the ball over my outside shoulder. Had a defensive back coming at me. I stiff-armed him and was able to get in the end zone. You know, it's amazing. I mean, records are made to be broken. You know, 85-yard touchdown in the Super Bowl is going to be something hard to beat. That pose was just to silence the crowd right there, right? The best-kept secret. We were going into hostile territory. I, I, you know, that pose, that shushing of the crowd was all about the Panthers are for real. It was fitting for the moment. I mean, this is a, this was an amazing year for me, you know, personally. And uh, I actually, I, I if, if I'm going to tell a story about this jersey, I, I got to tell a story about a pair of cleats that I brought with me, too. Let me get these old, dusty, all black, beat up, worn out, chewed up. You know, one thing about NFL players is that we are superstitious. After a big game, I came home and I had these shoes. And... I let my kids paint them. They started off and they you know, painted them all black. And every game I would come home after a good game and my kids would paint the shoes. And they thought it was a good luck charm. Well, after about three or four games, I'm like, I got to get these shoes painted every single week. So I, I wore these shoes in every single game in that 2004 season when I had 16 touchdowns and led the NFL and catches and receiving yards. It was a special, you know, pair of shoes, and my kids were a part of that. And this jersey, um, in the 10th anniversary, you know, I think when people thought that, you know, Moose was slowing down a little bit, I was really just getting started. It's good stuff. Just getting started, man. What a legend. I, I just like that person. You know, that was a personal kind of just a touch a touch yeah. to it that made it special to me uh here this is for you ck is check this out um this is now, this is steph actual, curry if it's the actual clip that'll probably get us oh, just not, one yeah no, if here. it were if it's from a broadcast yeah i gotta just like i said put it on rumble you see it on rumble this yeah, can't rumble, get us right. this can't get us it can't i hope not Look uh, at probably so dude Damn, yeah, he's oh, such a man. He's pretty amazing. Bro. He's incredible. That dude, man. Like, you just hope, about to you, be the NFL stuff. I was about to say, like, if you you can, I mean, that's what you hope, man. That's what you hope to see a guy. He did who, it in a tournament, though, a celebrity tournament. I know. Yeah, you know, it's like he's out there. You got uh, who's the guy that's on Pat McAfee? Whatever man, uh, is his co-host. AJ Hawk was there. Yeah, he's hitting stuff out there. And then Steph Curry, look, my man is just uh, like you said, a killer. He's a psycho, Mm -hmm. and we've stolen this. We got to find the guy's name who came on, who went on WFNZ, and pointed it out about uh, Bryce Young, and he said, look. He's the one that called him a psychopath. Maybe a sociopath might be it. I don't know which one is, which one would be more apropos. But he goes, look, is this guy's down points here? He's on the five-yard line. There's 40 seconds left, and he's smiling. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's not normal. That's not fucking normal. It's not normal to hit hole-in-one in celebrity golf tournaments if you're a fucking three-point shooter. It's not normal. 
to have that cool, calm collectedness that these guys had. And uh, I can't wait. I mean, I guess this is like we almost need somebody else to narrate Luke Keekley's. Like, it's right. almost like he's too boring to describe his own career. So you can do it. Yeah, I'll, I'll reach out to him tomorrow. Got this, yeah. I got it. Don't worry. Yeah. I got this. <laughs> wild, wild. Um, so cool stuff is that, uh, you know, again, celebrate these things. What is, oh, next? Brian Burns. Yeah, man. Yeah, buddy. So Brian Burns, we have learned that the Carolina Panthers have extended an offer to Brian Burns. But the market seems to be on hold at the edge position with a couple of big deals on the horizon. Now, in case you didn't put two and two together, the deal that's on the horizon would be one Nick Bosa, who is probably going to be the highest paid defensive end in the NFL. And this is what happens. You want your other contemporaries to get paid first so that way the market gets inflated. And you get paid even more. Yeah. And yeah, and I've I've said this for a long time now. And credit to Tony because Tony was the one saying, "Hey, we should have paid him two years ago." Probably. Told you guys. I've been yeah, saying this for all have. these people is right. last year we should have done last off season. This should have been done. Yeah. And now the Panthers have no choice because we already don't know who the edge rusher opposite of Brian Burns is going to be. We don't know if it's going to be DJ Johnson, Marquise Haynes. YGM, a name that nobody's really believing in a lot. Uh, but to not have Brian Burns this year, I mean, the Panthers really have to play Brian, pay Brian Burns basically whatever he wants. We're going to hope that he's asking for something reasonable. But, you know, I remember Dave Gettleman. There's a whole bunch of really good Gettlemanisms for yeah. all the bad things that he did to this team. Uh, he talks about a player's first kick of the can. And this is Brian Burns' first kick, man. This is his opportunity to get as much money as possible playing football. And, um, you know, especially now that we're moving to a 3-4 defense, we've all felt for a very long time that a 3-4 is best suited to Brian Burns and his ability. Now we're finally doing that. So you know he's going to be a uh, an even bigger piece in our defense than he even has been before. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, what, what do we think about the uh, the Brian Burns situation well, and how do you is, think this is going to play out? And it's not that I was some sort of savant or had some kind of crazy insight into why we should have paid Brian Burns but earlier. But we, I mean, I've, I've covered this team uh, through this podcast for over a decade now. And, um, you know, you just realize that, like, when you need a player, you got to pl- you got to pay him. And we made a decision on Brian Burns last year when we didn't sign um, homeboy that we uh, that went to the Eagles. Uh, help me out. Uh, who Hassan had, Reddick. Yeah, right. So by letting Hassan Reddick walk, we said Brian Burns is the guy that we want to build onto into the future with. That's the moment to do it again. You should be looking on the horizon for what other players are going to be getting deals as well. Right. So not only have you like kind of put all your eggs in the Brian Burns basket, you've waited for the natural inflation to go up as well. You know, we got ahead of this with Cam Newton when we extended Cam Newton in 2015, I believe it was, we did it a year early. And Cam, while people are like, yeah, he got 
top money at the moment. Five minutes later, it wasn't the top money anymore. Right. So this won't be the top money next year. And then here's one other added caveat to this. And I think this is why Lamar Jackson was such a threat to NFL owners is they've gotten wise. NFL players have gotten wise. They used to like to say this is there used to be some sort of ego trip 10 years ago, 15 years ago about being the highest signing the biggest contract ever, the biggest theoretical contract, right? And they would back, you know, they would do all these things, but then the guaranteed money wasn't crazy. It never was. It was to be like, oh, this is a $176 million contract. But you're like, there's no way they're ever going to make that money unless they're just fucking worth it. And NFL players have gotten wise that the guaranteed money is the most important thing. And if yeah. they can get the guaranteed money, who cares about how the length of the contract anymore? And I don't want to sign a contract that's six years, that's right. five years. I want the guaranteed money to be in line with the five-year deal. But I want me to be trying, if I'm Brian Burns, what is he, 25? I'm 25 here, years old. I'm sitting mm. here going, man, let's make this a four-year deal. Let's make this big, big money when it comes to the guaranteed money where you're going to have to keep me no matter what. Get a and second I want to sign can. a, yeah, I want to kick the can again. Yeah. Can, can I ask, um, why is it that whenever a team doesn't offer what we feel like should be to the player, like they just don't offer in the contract, let's say last year, the team's a villain. But when the team offers this player said contract, and the player rejects it. The player is not a villain. Leverage. Like, like do, do, do you see yeah, what I mean? Like, like why, why do we? This is yeah. just a leverage thing, so, Greg. So, but, but like, why can't why can't the team have leverage? This well, is a business, and they are well, trying they to win. Why are we not allowed well, them? I want to. I want to. I want to highlight this comment by our very own C three Diesel Skills, the brand ambassador. He said, "Letting out the news." I love this comment because I think it hits the nail on the head. Letting out the news that we declined the two first round picks killed the Panthers leverage because if we weren't going to pay him, we had an opportunity last year to offload him for two first round picks. Again, now we don't have a proven pass rusher outside of Brian Burns. When you're doing deals like this right now, the Carolina Panthers simply do not have leverage. And I'm telling you right now, I think that we all need to swallow this pill whether or not you think Brian Burns is worth it, which I do think he is, because I do think that he's going to have his best year this year, and he's going to his name is going to be considered amongst the very best defensive ends in the NFL. But as of right now, we need to swallow the pill that we are probably going to be paying paying Brian Burns somewhere between twenty two and twenty five million dollars a year, and that contract is probably going to come before the Panthers go to Spartanburg. At least I would imagine. And let let me make it clear. I'm fine with Brian Burns being paid because I feel like he is one of the top defensive ends in the league. But I feel like holding out because you want to be the highest paid player, like you said, Tony, in six months, you're not going to be the highest paid player again. Um, There's a lot of stuff that goes into this. Maybe like I said, this isn't holding out, Greg. This isn't holding out. Like, uh, no, no, because this is the idea that this would be like if there's three houses for sale on your block, mm-hmm. right? 
And if you're the first to sell out of those three, you don't get the inflation, the 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 rise up maybe of the comps. No, because here's the thing is Bosa, once Bosa's money hits, it's going to naturally bring this up another 3% for him. So it's just like for him, it's just patience. It's not holding out throughout the season. He just wants these other people to sell their house first. So the comps are new and updated. And can we also, you got to think about it from another strategy aspect of this as well. If Brian Burns right now, if he does get paid and it's significantly less than what uh, Bosa's uh, hoping to get paid, then Bosa is not going to get that money because now the market is going to be set at a different amount, right? So there's like, and even if you think about from an agent perspective, like let's say that Brian Burns' agent is able to negotiate a, a deal that Brian Burns would accept right now. Well, his thought might be like on the potential of getting more money by by holding out to see what Bosa's got out there as well. So right. like it's it may not even be Burns entirely. It may just be that he's being, you be, know, yeah. I'm not going to say coerced, but he's going to be having a conversation with uh you know his is uh, with Brian Burns about hey, let's hold out and let's get, you know, the ma- most money possible and I think that could be a possibility as well. And then I- the one other component too to contender Greg is when you said like who is who's winning the PR war, right? Who should we be upset with, happy with? Um, I think this is like what th- this is the best thing to do when you go buy a car and maybe th- I hope this doesn't hit too home, too close to home, Greg, since you're in the car you situation. Car, yeah. yeah. You don't want to shop hungry. And if Great. you walk yeah. into a car dealership and they know you need a car, they don't have to, th- they have more leverage then when you have a car, if you're buying a car out of a luxury, like it's like, hey, I can stick with my car right now. Right. Like I can, I'm happy with my car. My car works. My this, I can walk away right now. But if you need a car in the next ten days to get to work, you don't have the luxury and the time to do the comparative shopping. Right. And the Panthers are the ones that are shopping with no car right now. They I, had the luxury earlier. They made the decision. They should have said this. And really, this is the thing is they should have said, look, we're letting Hassan Reddick walk. We can't afford to sign both of you. We know we're working on Brian Burns. Let's just go ahead and get this done right this second. And then and then let all that play out later. The moment you let Hassan Reddick go, you had to at that point that had to be your priority. Number one was put Brian Burns at the top. And then further complicated by not trading. Right. Now, the I, one thing, though, is this now to go be fair is like to the Panthers in this case. So they're just not like bumbling and fumbling through these negotiations. They probably aren't the ones who leaked that information. Right. It was right. probably Green Bay or the Rams who leaked that information, who yeah. then were like, you know what? You guys said no. So yeah. fuck you. Yeah, you're going to pay this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's. That's how it works, man. That's 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 the nature of the business. Yeah, and and I I guess my only issue is is not so much the business; it's people and fans that I look at because like okay, like when a when an organization does what they have to do to to save that three or four percent, like Brian Burns is trying to do right now to gain that three or four percent, they're looked at as villainous and rich people who just want to make more money. But guess what? When the 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 leftover 
salary cap doesn't go in the owner's pocket. Like he's not making more money by saving money on a deal. He's he's making the team better in the future. He doesn't get to pocket that money. But we villainize them when they do this, when they make t- decisions to save that three or four percent for a player. I don't then know if player, I agree with Then this. when a player does it, we agree. We, we we say, oh well, the players doing they have to fight to win and 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 to be to get what they want. It's just for me, it's it's weird the way that fans betray those kinds of things. Like automatically, the the owner is villainous for not for doing the exact same thing. Well, Brian Burns I also is doing right think Greg is because the owners are you know especially in Hidden. our case a multi billionaire, right? And, That's and, fine, and, but like have, I said, they're have, not pocketing the money caps. from the from the salary right. cap. They're not gaining also, anything from this. Yeah. I think a lot of people try and put themselves in the position of the player. Right. They're going out right. there putting their bodies on the line. They're selling tickets. It's their names on the program. It's their jerseys being sold. Now every year. They're uh, going to be gone in 10 years. The yeah, Panthers well, will yeah, be here in 10 years. Right. The, there's, there's never. There's always. But there's always brand new television deals around yeah. the corner as the money is going up and up and Get as you're you know and as you're risking <laughs> saying, cte yeah. and all this stuff yeah but greg if i'm playing i don't want five million i want 15 and i understand and, that and, and, and you look, might call I, that that selfish the, but at the, the owners day, are always like here look, is this greg don't fall for this is a trick don't fall for this trap greg don't fall and feel sympathetic and empathetic and cry the loudest for the people that got the best scenario here Right. No, no, so we're not worried I, yeah. about that. And it's not even that it's not even a good guy, bad guy thing. Mm-hmm. I think we need to try to remove that emotion out of this and just recognize this right. is a continued business. It's a continued like for me, it's just like when I go into a car dealership to buy a car, they're not villainous for trying to make the most money off the car. And I'm not villainous for trying to spend the least like it's right. the natural it's and I, t- I talk about this a lot with my students is that we have there is this unfortunate relationship that's developed between teachers and students where it's like or the lion and the gazelle where you think we're like the natural enemy. Actually, here would be the better example. And this is actually the example I use with my students is the natural relationship between the employer and the employee, the employer by nature right? By definition, always wants to get more work for less money. And the employee wants to get less work for more money. They are the lion and the gazelle of negotiations. They are the lot, you know, and so Brian Burns is this is just being shrewd. Number one, number two, the Panthers are going to, the other thing about this too, is to Greg, to get over this thing is just look to baseball is like, these guys make bazillions of dollars and they can suck right look at the athletics the athletics spend the least amount impossible every year which in baseball it's a lot different because there's a luxury tax and some different things there. there's no salary cap right but but the fact is is that look the red the the commanders have stunk for 20 years or whatever it is since 85 or whatever and they they have tripled early 90s Man, homeboy won, bought them for $400 million and just sold it for like $7 billion. So they can stink and their value goes up. A player can't stink and his value go yeah. up. So right. like they okay, really point, need yeah. to get the most juice at, for the squeeze. And this is all a timing thing. That's what it really comes down to is that the Panthers are just shopping hungry with Brian Burns. There's some other factors that yeah. are the other guys that are signing the deal. 
And it just behooves Brian Burns not to be the first guy to put the pen to paper at this moment. Yeah. I yeah. mean, and, and is it, let is me just common practices. Yeah. Damn, well, let, me, you, let me just put out there real quick. Yeah. Then I'll let you go. go Cody is uh, I, I don't think that Brian Burns shouldn't be doing this or that he shouldn't get paid. I do. I do believe he should. And I think he should hold out and do what he's doing to get paid. All I'm doing, trying to do is make the comparison of it's the exact same thing owners do, but we look at it differently. And like, that's kind of my mindset is I, I'd like for people to look at things the same. This is a business. He's doing what he has to do. Um, I think we're all agreeing here. We're just kind of coming at it from different angles. But I, but I almost I, I almost want to disagree that we only look at owners as villainous. I mean, how many times have we looked at uh, players who've turned down massive contracts? Um, like, let's just talk about Lamar Jackson. We villainized him for a year. I mean, year for two years because he didn't do uh, he did, wouldn't accept the contract that they were offering him at that time. Did we villainize like, him or was yeah, because I thought everything I listened to Baltimore has been villainized. They, no, like, no, they, Baltimore they was a part of it, but it was okay. 1000% people were on, on the same thing with Dak Prescott. When yeah. Dak Prescott was wanting his deal, everybody was and like, oh, they offered you a guaranteed deal. Like, and you're not going to take it. That just seems, you know, not reasonable and, and seems like a, a money grab and whatnot. Like it doesn't just happen to the, to the owners. I think it's just a matter of situations, you know, situations are situational. Yeah. Hey, um, real quick, before we go any further, um, I want to send a very special shout out uh, to any of our listeners. If you are the praying type or even if you're not, man, we want to send our thoughts and prayers to Michael Weidrick, whose grandmother was diagnosed with cancer. Michael, we're praying for you, brother. Uh, we know that's difficult when uh, when a loved one comes down with a serious illness like that. So uh, send your thoughts and prayers to Michael, but also uh to our guy Jacob, C3 Jacob self, today tragically his uh cousin uh died. I'm not gonna say how he put it on Twitter, but still out of respect, his cousin died mm. today. And it was really rough. So if you're the if you're the the praying type, or like I said, even if you're not, thoughts and prayers to Michael Weidrick uh and to Jacob self from the C3 family. We love you boys, and um our thoughts and prayers are with you right now, man. Um, yeah, you know, is, you know what, that will, let's turn that to one kind of discussion is this, is that despite us talking on the internet about things, these are about real people. You know, what we talk about are real people, mm -hmm. uh, that are out there on the gridiron or yeah. us making fun of people on the internet or whatever. Yeah. Um, in this case, these are some just remember is that there are real people behind Twitter handles. There are real people on the yep. internet and it takes a lot uh, for people to get out there, put themselves out there in front of people. A lot of times vulnerability. So, um, you know, we'll be just remember, everybody's got these crosses the, before you criticize people or jump to conclusions. Um, so we'll be thinking about those, uh, yeah. those people. And, and you know what, that's why we're fam. That's why we're fan yeah. here. That's it. Mm -hmm. C three rides together, baby. We're in this together. Everybody is C three, man. So that's what it let's is. C three. Let's look at this next wild storyline. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you guys saw this, but I jumped out and put a. Um, I'm gonna. I'm experimenting with some new content. I dropped a video at eight o'clock tonight, or a few minutes before eight. Take that, challengers! You want some. Um, you want some time slot challenges? You got the premiere of 
the C3 news beat. Tony Dunn out there <laughs> in some of these hot topics. You know, this is a clickbait story here, and I could not resist resist putting it in the title of the YouTube video. This is why we click on the stories and actually read them, though. Um, I saw this on PantherswireCom and uh, Brian Burns named the most overvalued player. Speaking of this, when it comes to the money, and I was like, "What?" I was like, "I thought I was the person that said." <laughs> these types of things is like uh you know trying to temp tepper temper tepper temper tepper <laughs> temper these expectations. expectations but i went and read the story guys and uh it turns out jeff kerr from cbs made a list of the most overvalued players and what he just meant was this is not over uh rated but that the team just depends on them too much. And like, <laughs> and so when I was really reading, it was like, it was like, and go to the next slide. I think I got a quote here from the Panthers wire story. Hopefully. Oh, I didn't put, did I not put it in? No, I might've rearranged it. Oh, okay. I'll but it says it. something to the effect of is like, if you really look up the definition of overvalued, it's like you lean on it too much, you know, and that the Panthers have leaned too much on Brian Burns in this case is like their whole defense is built around him. That's, I think that's the Armani Edwards. And when you put it that way, it's not really wrong. No, not at all. (laughs) I mean, yeah, it's not, it's not wrong at all. Um, Hey, Tony, go through the slide and uh, I'll let you find it and pull it up. But I mean, no, if you put it that way, it's not wrong. And that's why we're saying that the Panthers really don't have leverage when it comes to paying Brian Burns, like right. he is the beginning, middle, and end of the Carolina Panthers pass rush. If you don't have him on the team this year, your ability to affect the quarterback goes down dramatically, right? So and- much that we're celebrating Derek Brown right now, Cody, which I've been a <laughs> Brown supporter. But you know how many people were hard on him? It gets so easy to be like, oh, so like, oh, we shouldn't have done this. We shouldn't have drafted this. And then he has a good and now everybody's like, oh, man, he's so good. He's all of this is Brian Burns was the only guy on the team that was like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and he's been a leader, man. He's done so much for this team right now. Uh, here's your definition, Tony. It says sticking true to the official Merriam-Webster dictionary entry. Kerr chose 16 NFC players whose team may assign excessive value to or place too much importance on. In short, these guys are heavily too heavily relied upon. You know, so um, hold your horses, folks, before you get in the comments and you'll be like, Brian Burns, haters, this and that is, you know what, is that the whole thing is, you know, oh, most overvalued player in Carolina Panthers history. Go. Overvalued? I mean, that's pretty easy. Definition. No. Oh, Cam Cam Newton. Uh, whole I mean, yeah. was all, like just like Cam, go win the Super Bowl. Good luck. That's what I say. Cam Newton, no, most overvalued. That's what I'm gonna do my next video. Also, on. That's just gonna hit on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would also say Christian McCaffrey. I mean, think about the past three years of the Carolina Panthers. Are, are mm. all, just like just like we said, uh, Brian Burns. 
is the beginning, middle, and end of our pass rush. Christian McCaffrey was the beginning, middle, and end of our offense. Yeah. You know Same what I mean? Thing. Like it everything was, just from was Cam just to, to him. Yeah. Too bad yeah. Brian Burns didn't have a name that started with a C because it'd just be C3. Most overvalued <laughs> Panthers podcast. Go. C3. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. So Brian Burns is going to get the bag. Whether, you know, is that you're shopping hungry as Dave Gettleman discussed, and that's what they're doing. So we've got that. And let me see what else is going on with the Carolina Panthers right now. Uh, let's see. Brian Burns to Joe person writing for the athletic. And I'm going to pull up the story and read some of the names off mm-hmm. for you guys. Um, it's the starving time of NFL discussion, right? This is when you should take your, this is probably when David Newton's taking his uh, vacation. Joe person, you would think is probably, you need to just take your vacation every year in these two weeks leading up to training camp. Right. He did a thought on every player. That's what it was. It was just like, I have nothing to, to write about other than let's just write a three sentences on every player. Here's a pick a player, any player. And I'll read it to you. Let's go. Bryce Hubbard. Matt. Oh, these are, but you know what? That's what I was hoping you guys would say. We'll start with Matt Corral for Cody. The former Ole Miss quarterback figures to get the bulk of the snaps in the preseason. By the way, that one line right there has made for three headlines on different websites right now. Right. (laughs) Right. It's like he wrote this. So then other people on other websites, and I'm guilty of doing the same shit like this. It's like, we, what do we talk about? Hey, former Ole Miss quarterback figures to get the bulk of the snaps in the preseason. That will give the 2022 third rounder a chance to showcase his skills for the Panthers and every other team following what amounted to a redshirt season. Corral went down with a season-ending foot injury last August at New England. A strong summer could make Corral for a, an attractive could make Corral attractive to quarterback to a quarterback needy team, but there's no reason for Scott Fitterer to give away a QB he traded up for who has three years left on his rookie de- year, rookie deal, unless he drafted the number one fucking quarterback. No, he's he's you got to keep in mind too. His thoughts are beyond just the fact that we do have like he's not looking at Matt Corral as a starter, but we are looking at the potential for the fact that you can have three people on the roster. Right, that that are going to be quarterbacks and not have it impact the fifty-three man roster um, minus the five inactive. So I think there's there's value in keeping Corral, and I think that's what it's saying here is, especially with the uncertainty around whether Bryce Young is going to be able to stand up to the pressure and the 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 de- physical demand of the uh, of the NFL uh, defensive players sacking him and pushing him down. Like I don't know about you guys, but I watched quarterback on Netflix. Yes. Oh, we have to talk about that tonight at some point. And damn it, I forgot to put it in the slideshow. We have to talk about that. It's so good. It's but it's a very good show, but it will make you panic about Bryce Young. Yeah, it did. Mm, Thank you. Yes, and I know exactly what you're talking about. You're talking about how they show the hits and the the way the the way they show. There's an episode. I believe it's episode four, and Mm -hmm. it's called Kings of Pain. 
and they really go in depth and they show you the injury. So they profiled three quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes, uh, Kirk Cousins, and Marcus Mariota. And they show the amount of damage and just the physical trauma that they put their bodies through. And, you know, the fact that when you're throwing the ball, you're completely defenseless. And, and you're just, you're, you know, there are going to be times when Bryce is going to have to, with a defender right in his face, he's going to have to stand there, deliver the ball, even though he knows he's going to take a shot. And, you know, I, this is where people like Greg and other people are like, you know, they hate the fact that he is as small as he is. And it, it's one of those things that it does. It, it makes you nervous, man. And it, it can happen to anyone. It can happen to a big quarterback. It can happen to a small quarterback. But, you know, it really makes you happy that you see Bryce bulking up. Right. Because he's he's going to need to do that. He's going to need to continue to prepare his body for the rigors of an NFL schedule. But it also yeah. makes you realize why they made this new rule change with regard to three quarterbacks being able to be active on right. game day. Right. Because it's like the the demand on the 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 bodies of these quarterbacks is unreal tremendous don't you think yeah. we would say that on any position no because you know not at all not at all yeah, like you think, think about so. like you have maybe three, like a, not like a running back or the, or would probably be the closest i would say a what right? a running no. back would be the closest, yeah running back i, I think would be the closest a running but, back or actually an offensive lineman too they they get beat up every, offensive lineman or defensive lineman get beat up yeah every but they're they're series. so Rugby like they're, players they're yeah. so big as it is like, i don't know that i would put him I, would, I don't know if i would put that in the same category personally sea dog yeah, is in the chat uh sea dog the show is on netflix and has already uh it's been it was produced by peyton manning's yeah. Um, company and has already been renewed for season two. Yeah. Uh, the questions that have been surrounding that are how much uh, pressure does that put on a player to have them follow? Uh, you know, they're trying to mitigate that discussion. Both. Um, what's the name of his company? It's kind of is it a funny Omaha, Omaha Productions. Productions? Oh no. Okay. This was something else I've been seeing. Is like a, but the Netflix, you know, is they're they're trying to do, I guess, what Hard Knocks is trying to deal with, and that is like, how do we convince people to actually let us do this, you know, so you can be open and show vulnerability. And I feel like they already did it better too. Like I feel like Hard Knocks is a dying brand, and this no teams want to do it. Yeah, yeah, and this is what's gonna really, I think, make people change their minds. Um. You know, you know, he had that, a good argument. I think it was Peyton that said, like, hey, look, these guys deal with that pressure all the time. And that, like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So it's like, is that if that's your thing that you're scared of the extra headache, they like is like, that's not the problem we're going to have here. But I think that you could imagine if they did it on running backs. You know what? I bet you that Netflix wouldn't pay as much. I don't oh, think you'd get as much. I don't think people funny. would watch it as much, to be honest with you. I think that if you did this show on any other quarterback, other any other position other than quarterback in the NFL, you don't get as many viewers. Everybody right. also just like everybody wants to be the point guard, you know? Like, I don't know everybody if wants to be that you, guy. Right. I don't know if any of you guys ever watched uh like the Formula One series on Netflix, which is awesome. But like I'm I'm more of a I'm more of a fan of F one now because of mm -hmm. it. And Netflix is doing this thing where they're doing these documentaries about different sports, 
and yeah, I think it was last week we talked about an expansion team in Germany or UK or whatever. You know, Netflix is worldwide. Think about the people that are going to watch this documentary mm-hmm. about quarterbacks and just become enthralled and fascinated with the game of football and everything that goes into it. And I mean, they, they go into the verbiage of like how long the play call is, which I think and, has got to be an antiquated thing. Like they have to find a different way to make the same play calls less fucking ridiculous. But well, they do it. Well, like college, how? I don't think you can. And, I mean, yeah. in college, well, it doesn't on, have on to be like applesauce, baby, ba 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 da ba da ba da. Like, can't they just have like a word for each position group rather than like it's well, like a poem? What they can do, I- but Tony, you have to realize that most times when you hear a play call, it's not just one play; it's two of them because right. you might kill that play and go to another one, and then it's an entirely different thing. Applesauce, goldfish, count. blah, blah, blah. And, it's can, just, can I be yeah, honest? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With, with, like with me playing sports when I was younger and we had stuff like that, it was always, you might say five or six words, but you're only looking for one or two. Right. Well, each a lot person, of them are just right. A receiver's right. you know? only looking. They're, they're just camouflage. Like, you're you're yeah. just listening for this one word, snack and that food. one word is what they're you're like, supposed I'm to do. They're like, I'm snack food. Yes. I'm protein. Yeah. I'm. <laughs> the <laughs> offensive linemen are listening to a certain part. Like, if mm-hmm. you notice, the, there are times when the wide receivers, they'll break the huddle before everyone else. Right, because they've, they've, already, they've yeah. already heard the part of the play mm-hmm. called. Fudge rounds, mashed potatoes. Right, but it works. I mean, it, like, I, I, I think there's no way to get around it, to be honest with you. With, with the way you have technology of people videotaping and listening to play calls and, 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 and all this stuff, I think the only way to do it is to have that ever-changing. Like to, to ever changing, like well, I think every play, every game, you should change your stuff up. One up, but well, you should have. I mean, man, if they're reading lips these days, I'm pot tired. We don't even need to be doing that anymore. Or maybe they. That's why half of well, it used to be so complicated too. And we used to also make fun of people, be like, "Oh, they need a wristband." Well, hell yeah, you need a wristband because you trick. Yeah. Now, <laughs> now this is why when it comes to. Um, I live in a college town and we have a very successful baseball team. And now this shit is crazy in baseball. They've been, and baseball has always been so analytics forward, right? I mean, it is a game that's structurally built around math, right? So it's like, that is a game where analytics can apply even more so than anything that can be like, well, this guy hits curveballs yeah. at this percentage. This guy throws curves. Like they can calculate all this crazy shit. That's where this S2 now test goes all throughout the draft. That's where the S2 test originated. Baseball. Our, 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 our baseball coach holds that has this fucking placard <laughs> of all this shit. And like players are wearing these like belts and these like, and they're going up to bat. But they're changing all the signs from like the first three innings to this, right? So they're doing not only is it such voluminous amount of information, then they're making it super complicated on purpose to disguise and do all of this. So nobody looks at the coach now and goes, Oh, he doesn't know what he's talking about because he's got this fucking database. He's holding an iPad out there. We used to create, we used to be like, oh man, the quarterback has to have a wristband. Now you're like, this, go get the wristband. We might get the play in three. How do you not have faster. a wristband? It's, it's yeah. like you, you, you have to. And they do change the game plan every single week. So, 
It's you know the the only other alternative that I could think of, Tony, is what they do in college. Because a lot of college quarterbacks, they're not calling plays in the huddle. They get to the line of scrimmage, and the coaches hold up different signs with different pictures for what plays they want, and they'll call audibles. They'll do all that stuff from the sideline. The problem is, is it makes it a lot easier to steal signals and calls. I wish and- they would just let them put the earbuds in, dude. Well, so I mean, everybody but, can hear the call. Like, you know what I'm saying? That would like make sense, this, yeah. Like is like, you know what? Is the receivers don't you don't even almost have to huddle up in a way. What well, what was the Super Bowl? Was it Seattle and Denver or Seattle and Indy? It was one where Peyton Manning was in the Super Bowl against Seattle's defense when they were like the Legion of 2013. Yeah, that was yeah and, and they just got annihilated and they said they were like, We knew the play calls. We 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 knew when, what this meant when he said this. Oh, we I thought that it. was the That's Patriots versus the Panthers when they stole all the footage and recorded everything. Uh, oh, well, that was part of it too. Yeah, same. definitely. But uh but no, I mean th- I think they were legit. They just they study tape and they just knew the play calls. And, uh, before, and that was what killed them in that uh, game. Yeah. Hey, uh, be- I-, I was going to say, before we move on, um, back to the to the Matt Corral story. Oh, yeah. Everybody knows I'm a fan of Matt Corral. I think that the dude can be a big-time quarterback. I think the only reason uh, why we're not going to see that is just because he never had the opportunity. He had a bunch of shit circumstances in form of Matt Rule burying him on the fourth string. And really, the, the team never decided to commit to him. But the fact that we're uh, we're going to see a lot of Matt Corral in the preseason, I just hope for the best of them or the best for him. Yeah. I would love to see a scenario. Again, the likelihood, that's a whole nother thing. I would love to see Matt Corral be our backup uh, and, and overcome Andy Dalton this year. Who knows no. if that will happen. But even if uh, Matt Corral does ball out to the point where some other team wants to give us some kind of value to trade for trade Matt Corral, his ass. then hey, I would I would love that too, man. I want him to go somewhere where if he's gonna have where the ability to, to have play. A right, yeah. If he's gonna have the ability to play somewhere else, I completely agree with you. I think uh, you know, just go ahead and do that. I mean, it makes no sense to try to hold on to a guy just for the sake of holding on to him. Um, well, if if he, if he has an op- if he has uh, the opportunity, well, I mean, the thing is, you would want to trade him. Don't don't put him in a position to be. Um, you know, uh, just able to sign with whoever. No, right? I get that, that way you can control that. his location yeah. and whatnot. But other than that, I think that you need to you need to keep uh keep that guy. I mean, right now, I'm, I'm just mm-hmm. like, especially if you're Greg, right? Like, you want to one thousand percent make sure you're keeping three quarterbacks on this team right now. Um, because if something were to happen to Bryce Young, having a guy like Matt Corral in the, in, in the wings could be extremely helpful. And especially yeah. if he gets the reps in the preseason to make it, uh, make it worth it. So I haven't yeah. watched the Netflix series, Cody, the quarter, uh, quarterback. You have to, um, so my, I've got one, uh, one comment, and one question. Mm-hmm. I read one thing, which I love. This is Kirk Cousins starts the whole episode one with a Margaret Thatcher quote, basically like a paraphrasing of a Mark, Margaret that, Thatcher quote, and that is, if I could walk on water, they would criticize me for not being able to swim, which is awesome. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. My question to you is, how did Marcus Mariota and the Atlanta Falcons look? Because Marcus Mm. Mariota, we heard the storyline of Mariota like stepping away from the team after the benching and all of this. Who was who? How did that? How did it come off to you? 
but they um, talk about it on the show. They breached it momentarily, and they basically made it seem like, uh, or at least Mariota and his team, they made it sound like he elected to go get a surgery that he needed to do and that he needed to get done and that he elected to do that instead of uh, choosing to be with the team. But it just so happened to happen right after they named Desmond Riddle the starter. Then they interview Arthur Smith, and apparently, uh, it, basically, they said that Mariota acted on his own. He sought his own medical advice on what to do, and then they are the ones that determined to get a surgery that uh, that he had been needing. So again, there was kind of no real resolution to it. Yeah. It did it. It, they did show clips of people in the media being like, well, why did Mariota just go to the Atlanta Falcons? Like They touched on it, and they did a good job presenting both sides, but I still feel like I don't know a lot more about right. it now after watching it uh, compared to what I knew then at the time. Greg, this is for you. And the uh, going back to our discussion about the athletic and Joe Person writing a blurb on every single person. Here you go, Chuba Hubbard. Hubbard's catch percentage increased in a second season from sixty-seven point six to eighty-two point four percent, but it was a small sample size. Hubbard's targets dipped from thirty-seven as a rookie to seventeen last year. Hubbard has to show. Reich and offensive coordinator Thomas Brown, he can be trusted as a pass catcher out of the backfield. This goes down through every player. Um, here's one for you, Cody. Shy Smith. Smith has a catch percentage of just 53.8% since the Panthers took him in the sixth round in 2021. He could be squeezed out of the receiving rotation, faces competition from Marquez Stevenson's, Stevenson and others from the punt return. Uh, position. I don't know who Marquez Spe Stevenson is. This is who he is. The former Houston wideout is nicknamed Speedy for a good reason. He ran a four four five. That's not that fast. Four, I mean, it's fast, but it's not right. like, oh my God, we're going to call you Speedy. Well, Demir Bird's over there like, I fly faster than that. Um, He's good in the three-cone drill. Talks about CJ oh, Saunders, Gary Jennings, Josh Van. No, I got even... one. I got one. I got one. Let want? me hear Cade Mays. Oh, okay. okay. Let's see. I got one too after this. Because everyone is, uh, I, they, they, I feel like there's a lot of smoke saying that Cade Mays could be the right guard this season to start the season. Well, because yeah, that's, Corbett, that's what they talk Corbett's about in recovering this. from. Uh, from the offseason. Right, but a lot of people were thinking yeah, that either injured. Chandler Zavala would slip into left guard and Christensen would go to right guard, or it would be Brady Christensen at left guard and Chandler Zavala at right guard. Don't well, trust person, the boys four-man rush because they're going to say Brady Christensen getting cut. Oh, yeah. I don't give a damn person, what they say about Person uh, does, uh, a, does also... Uh, believe in that as well. That Cade Mays will be moved. Well, starting out at right guard. Here he well, goes. Tony, what was Mays, the gentleman? The, yeah, go ahead. Cade Mays, the former Tennessee lineman, was a fun story for his rookie season when he'd line up in the backfield as a beefy fullback in the Arby's package. Arby's fish sandwich, curly fries. What does that play go like? I wonder. <laughs> but there's more pressure. We'll have the meats. On. 
<laughs> the but meat. there's more the pressure meat. this year on Mays, who appears to be the choice at right guard until Corbett returns. Yeah, I think that's a name that collectively we as a fan base need to start paying more attention to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe it was the sixth round pick out of uh, Panther Pickles, Tennessee Volunteers. And uh, yeah, it seems like a lot. Tony, what was the guy that you named? Uh, or uh, Mike K. You interviewed Mike K. Yeah. And he also mentioned yeah. Cade Mays when you were speaking to him. So I yeah. think that especially as training camp comes near, with this offensive line uh, formation kind of being up in the air as to who's going to be slotted into what position, Cade Mays is a name that we really need to keep our eyes on. Who needs Arby's when you've got monster subs with the C3 Panthers podcast next Thursday? Yeah. That's where the meets are at. And then you can meet us as we do a live podcast Thursday, late lunch for us. 10, 15 practice, I believe is when it starts two hours. I think 10, 15 is when training camp practice starts. Yeah, I believe. And then it's a two hour practice, very time limit. So it's exactly over at 1215. What time should we be there if it starts at 1015? Uh, probably 915. Yeah, 930. Yeah. It just said, look, is like getting there? Or, well, actually, is is now the tickets are going to help. I think the real thing, if you want to get there early, um, it's, it's like where you're going to. It depends on how Reich yeah. runs it, too, because a lot of times what they do is they have these two practice fields. And a lot, and what they like to do to be assholes is to put the kickers at the close one. So, like, there's this big hill and all of this room for us to all watch. And the closest field is just like kickers and like them working on like punt return, like whatever. Yeah. And then all the good shit is in the back. <laughs> and there's only like one you get the basically like the length of the end zone to go huddle up over there. Right. Or else you're watching it from afar. So the benefits of getting there earlier to get that kind of spot if they're working on that backfield. And the other thing is, if you're really interested in getting autographs. Yeah, see, I'm not. Me, no. And you know what? It's a, it's a, I did it a long time ago, back in like 2014, 15 with my kids. And when, before training camp, social media and all of this has made all of this such a event everything in the the world has become an event yeah so you'll see this the last time i went to training camp and i can't it's been so so long man maybe 2017 is that people would go and get there and post up for the autographs like before practice started and you're not gonna and they only are gonna sign on the way out yeah right like is rarely do they're riding in on the golf courts they're they're going there to do get business they ain't stop this on the way out they'll spend that time and people will just go there just for that. Yeah. So, I mean, I think you want to be, it just kind of depends on where we're going to post up, what we're going to try to do. And then the other yeah. thing is just the drive time muscles. What are we talking? Maybe 13 minute drive from Wofford to monster subs. It's just straight down the main drag. And then you get to everything like where the breweries probably are. So we'll be there. I'm guessing this around 1.30 we'll be popping off the podcast, eating, having good things, trying to get Brian Burns' brother uh, <laughs> to drop in and get on the sticks. That's what I'm working on. Yeah. Um, what other name? You said he you said had 15 one. 15 to 20 minutes on 29. 
I have one for me and G baby. Uh, what does CJ Henderson say? Oh, all right. Hold on. I got to go to the defense. Ooh, that's a good one. I got to go to the defense. Hold on one second. Um, on the defense. Henderson. I want JC Horn too. CJ Henderson, JC Horn. Okay. Let's see. And they're probably all together. We're, all right. So CJ Henderson. The top 10 pick played 66% of the defensive snaps in last season when he finished with a pro football focus coverage grade below 50. Ouch. For the second year in a row, the Panthers declined to pick up Henderson's fifth-year option, making this a big prove-it year for the former Florida corner. And we might as well do Dante Jackson and J.C. Horn. Yeah, J.C. Yeah. Horn... There's one thought that outweighs all others for Horn, who told The Athletic in June his first goal for 2023 was staying healthy. That was days before he hurt his foot and ankle, working out on his own, sidelining him for the rest of OTA and minicamp. If Horn's healthy, he's a top 10 cornerback, but he has to stay on the field. And going on to Dante Jackson, Horn isn't the only starting corner coming off an injury. Jackson told reporters in June he felt good after Achilles surgery last fall, although the veteran stopped short of saying he'd be ready for the start of camp. Given the state of backup corners, the health of Horn and Jackson is imperative. So how confident are we with this backfield? None. Hearing this, like how how much do we believe this, I guess? It it depends. If we stay healthy, and that's always the biggest caveat, Mm-hmm. I think we're okay. I really do. Having a backfield of uh, Xavier Woods, Vaughn Bell, Jeremy Chan, J.C. Horn, Dante Jackson, if we're able to roll with that, we could do a lot worse. I we really could. think we, that we, we could, could do a lot worse. Yeah. The way you start to worry is when it comes to J.C. Horn and Dante Jackson and their injury history. And it's a big deal for J.C. Horn, right? Took him with a top 10 pick. And, you know, uh, he really hasn't seen the field a lot. A bunch of them were kind of freak injuries. It was some uh, some bad turf uh, in Houston. Then he broke his hand on a helmet. There's been a bunch of weird things. But J.C. Horn physically is a shutdown corner. And I have no doubt in my mind that you can put J.C. Horn on the number one wide receiver of every team that we're going to play. And I'm going to put my money on J.C. Horn every time. So, So, yeah. Well, I was just going to say what it sounds like you're saying, and I agree with you, is that when healthy, we have maybe a top defensive backfield. But I think that one one of those things falls, and we are totally screwed, which sucks. You know, I think that if we have to fill in any position anywhere – on in, for any injury, not just multiple, but just any injury, anybody goes down and we are seriously hurting. Because beyond yeah. those names you name for the starters, I don't, I'm not confident in anybody else. And I'm not insanely confident in all the starters. Well, so. I like the depth that we have in the trenches on the offensive line and defensive line, which I can't remember the last time that I felt like we had depth on both of those sides of the football, right? Um, it's impossible to have depth everywhere, and I agree with you. We do we do not have a lot of depth at the cornerback position. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sideshow Rob says the coaches like Keith Taylor and Stanley Thomas Oliver, and whoa, that doesn't do a lot for me. It doesn't do a lot for most people. It's cool, but it, it, again, if we are able to stay healthy, 
I don't hate that that defensive backfield. And right. moving to this three four, Zero Rivera's defense last year was rated, uh, I believe, number six or number seven uh, in all of the NFL. So if this three four defense allows us to play more aggressive than we have been in the past, then I like that even better for our defensive backs and allowing them to play a lot more aggressive and playing a lot more man coverage, which I feel like fans have been asking for for a long time now. Yeah. I mean, it definitely seems like he's got the speed and, and it from what you see from his brother, he seems to be under the impression that's it, what he's going to be in, in this uh, year in this defense is going to be him playing his natural position. Um, so which is going to be a positive, um, as you know, as we're starting to try to get these defensive players to buy into this defense, um, and also be able to kind of, uh, excel in a new defense. I think, uh, having one of your stars be comfortable enough to say he's going to be in his natural position, I think is a positive. Have no fear. Herb Miller is here. The six foot two Miller played in four games during Tampa Bay's Super Bowl season, he intercepted Detroit's David Blah late in the 47-7 victory in Week 16, cornerback. There's your answer, Greg. No fear <laughs> about Dante Jackson. Herb gotcha. Miller is here. Yeah, I love um, Dante. You know, and, and back to the Brian Burns thing, just super quick, is there's a reason these videos are all popping. What What is Brian Burns' brother's name on Twitter? Hype man, Lucci. Uh, hype man. Hype you know what I'm saying? Man. This is all like, is like watching him doing all. I mean, yes, is that probably and and true? I don't think it's like um, mal, um, unethical, right? But you know what I'm saying is there's some self promotion going on too. Oh, for sure. And that's his brother, you know. So he's trying to look out for his you little brother. You gotta to look paid. the part, act the part, be but the hey, part, do all that. Can we be real though? And I can pull that up again if you want me to. Apparently, Brian Burns is up to 260 pounds right now. He looks Yo, good. That, that is one nimble 260-pound mm-hmm. man. Yeah. Okay? And, I mean, dude, he is looking to get an interception this year. And I, I do think that it talks about the work that he is putting in moving into an outside linebacker because now that he is an outside linebacker, I do think there are going to be more occasions where they're going to ask him to drop back in the coverage. And I think the fact that you're seeing – Brian trained that so heavily right now means that he is taking this transition. Yeah, he's taking this transition from a traditional 4-3 defensive end to a 3-4 outside linebacker. He is taking this very seriously, and that's what makes me so excited to see what Brian Burns has the capability of doing this year. So much easier, too, of an ask probably for him. Right is like, hey, let's get you to be this athletic freak that we drafted you because right. you were, rather than being like, oh, we want you to put on twenty pounds and be a muscle guy as well. This is, but I, I think this is, you know, speaking of that uh, R- RB thing, and we're gonna get into that later. Is how mad the running backs are right now. You know, fifteen years ago. It was it was a unicorn finding a guy who had this type of skill set. You know, it was like, uh, and that was what was freaky about Julius Peppers is he was two eighty five and doing that type of shit, which was wild. But 
you were always Quentin Copels. Go back to Quentin Copels, Carolina Tar Hill. He was that kind of when you talked about bend and speed and being able to get in space and do some coverage, these kind of all in one you know, is that those guys were a rarity, but now the way the college game has gone, they had to create a whole new classification. They don't call them defensive ends anymore. They call them edge rushers. Yeah, You know what I mean? Like is, so this is just, maybe it's going to be in the future or right now easier to find three, four defensive ends coming out of college than it is to find the Jadavion Clowney. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, shout out to Riz B who says, which is why you would give him the bad now or regret it next year after he has a monster pay me time. Oh, yeah. yeah but they tried to give him the bag, right? No, I don't no, know what the details were. They made an offer. They made an offer. Okay. I don't yeah, know what the details were. He's, and he's going to take yeah. it, bro. He's going to sign. Don't worry. He's going to sign. It's just like, I want to, he's going to sign. And this is why I'm upset. Is my bastard son in the chat? And all this. Oh, yeah. Secret. I know he's somewhere lurking. These guys, man, we had Call this his damn, name. He'll pop up. We had this damn fantasy draft for our dynasty league. And I told my friend that we just done it or like finished with it and that they were speeding it up. By the way, I'm still mad at y'all for being like, oh, well, now the rounds are an hour. And I'm like driving home from fucking Myrtle Beach. And people, <laughs> yeah, like, but man, after the 15th or 16th round, does it really matter? Just yes, put it on auto pick. It, does. it yeah, fucking no, just, does. Just and go. guess what, Greg? We got two months, bro. I know the you need to make that trade with this. me, Tony, by the way. I'm not going to trade him, dude. You don't. Come I told on, Greg. You guys want to hear a nice up real quick? Greg <laughs> wants, <laughs> Greg wants uh, uh, Stefan Diggs from me because he's got yeah. Josh Allen. Yeah. He wants to pair him. Yeah. And I drafted Stefan Diggs early, second or third. Well, I think it was third round because it's a dynasty. You can rock two quarterbacks. He's my number one wide receiver. And so Greg has been messaging me like every few days or whatever. We it'd be like, what can we counter, do? Man. What yeah. can we do to get this done? And I said, look, man, he's my number one receiver. It's not about just him. It's about like what he is for our, my team. You have to give me a number one wide out and and something special because I know you want them. Like, it's, so you can't just be like, I'm going to give you two number ones and this. Like, I need a guy to take his spot That's the mm. points aren't going to drop off. So Greg goes, he sends me this deal back. He goes, here's your number one. Fucking, what was this dude's name? People's no, Jones? People's Jones because you have because you have. Watson. He called him a number one receiver. He ain't even the number well, one on well, his that, fucking no, when, team, dude. When I, sent you, when I sent you the original offer, it was because I had Calvin Ridley in there. That's why I said I had a number one guy. Oh, I didn't see the but Calvin, I, but I took Ridley. Calvin Ridley. Like, out. Oh, yeah. you took it. I was like, man, what the hell? Yeah. And you know what? Calvin Ridley ain't even a number one. He didn't even play okay. last year. Okay. I do think he's going to be badass. He might be good. Good. No, no, I'm not saying year. that, okay. but like, yeah. it's like to tell me people's job. I was like, that's not a number one. I Amari you a Cooper's the fucking number one, one on that. He's like Come the on, number man. three receiver on that team, dude. But I sent you a running back and a number one pick as well. But uh, the one thing I don't like pick. about, I've got running back. I'm fine. Yeah, I, he's Aaron, you out, Greg. <laughs> I okay. don't like this okay. about the, we drafted too fucking early. No, somebody's uh, going to blow their ACL out in fucking training camp. And we could have drafted a month later and we wouldn't have had to too early, too early. Or, too early. or Stephon Diggs is going to get traded to like an Atlanta Falcons. And you're like, 
do I really I value have traded him to Greg for right? Peoples Jones. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, your bastard son says maybe if you were a better father to him, he wouldn't have changed the time like you wanted. Oh, well, so, you know what? Yeah. Well, you and know. fuck you, Anthony. I'm not tanking, damn it. Shut your <laughs> ass up, stupid. Um, I don't know, man. That trade was suspicious. I don't give a shit, bro. Y'all <laughs> went to see what I'm yeah. doing. Oh, my God. Yeah. You traded away who? Well, which one? Didn't you I trade, trade away, away like your Patrick Mahomes away. or somebody? Like, no, somebody real good, like a quarterback. Uh, well, I got Trevor back. I have Trevor oh, so on my got team. Trevor out of it. Oh, yeah, man. but I did trade I'll give Joe you Calvin Burrow. Ridley for uh, Burrow. What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah, dude, you All gave right. me AR and you traded Burrow away. Yeah, bro, I'm playing Ooh. Dynasty, man. I'm playing. I'm playing a, a different game than I am normally playing. Fan, uh, normal fan. And bro, I got the I got squad. G-Baby's y'all just, next year, bro. Y'all just it. wait until uh, y'all <laughs> see what I do. Yeah, everybody's saying me and G Baby are uh, the worst teams, but I think y'all are gonna. G baby, G baby's awesome. He's just like I'm gonna take G-Baby. all these Carolina Panthers, baby. I fucking <laughs> yeah. love these guys. He traded yeah. me like four picks and got Hayden Hurst. I was like, damn. Oh, uh, he was trying <laughs> to trade Hayden Hurst to me today. Okay, uh, let's get back to the show. Look, you're listening to the C3 Panthers podcast, brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com, where every Tuesday night we Ooh. post up, and uh, this is the longest-running Panthers podcast, where you hop in the car, we ride to Men's Street. In this case, we're riding to Spartanburg, to Monster Subs on Thursday to hang out um, and be at training camp throughout the week. It's going to be a lot of opportunities to hang out and be fun or meet us and just be a fam. Look at this. Another way you can support the C3. These turned out really good, man. I was worried. I don't know. I can't wait to see how the shirts turn out. Like, I want to put see you it. up on screen. Uh, I want to see how the shirts turned out, like when they get there. Right. Because like I made the design, I did all the requirements, but this is the mug. Like, I didn't know where. I mean, I knew according to like how I put it up there. I was like, is it going to be a hair to the left or to the right? I'm a lefty. So I need to make you're my looking own at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah oh yeah you're right i am looking at it i did it for the righties you can get these two different size mugs they really turned out great the c3 awesome, panthers man. podcast mug small way uh to support the show now look as you and, gotta by, remember, and by the way let me also say when you see us at training camp there's a good chance we're going to be wearing these fly ass shirts that you see up on screen right now Repping C3 Panthers podcast. Go to Carolina Cat Chronicles and get you some, man. Hey, uh, C3 Nation is for the fans by the fans. Show everybody how you rep your favorite Panthers podcast, y'all. That's CarolinaCatChronicles.com. And to show you how dedicated we are to our fans, G-Baby has his own shirt, y'all. You make me fucking sick. Yep. Yo. We're going to have more at some point. Panther Pickle, he's going to have to get a shirt. All of the the bigger names in the C3, they're going to get their own. Well, you got to become a personality. Not that you're not already. It's just like we have to have some inspiration around this. In fact, I think it was Anthony Piccarello who said uh, that would make a great shirt. And I saw it in the chat when G-Baby was calling in. I was like, I'm on it. Right. And these are so we have the ability to do some small things, but I've got to find, you know, things. Look, no one's even bought the G baby shirt yet. Mm. It's unpurchased. 
unpurchased. Mm. Or will you be the first person to make me? Damn, GBBN ain't got no fans out here. <laughs> um, so that's out there. And you can, again, support the show. And Cody, I'm going to give you a little tip of the Cody. Go ahead and pull up the subscriber shame because we're going to pass the mic after I get to this. Is that there's other ways to support the broadcast, right? Is like, yes, is that these small things we make $2.50 on a mug, right? I know. And it's, you know, things, it's hard to make money in this world. Remember that folks is like, is that it's not like there's 10,000 people ordering these shirts. These are more for us, just small ways to continue to grow and buy some things for us to do the live broadcast, like a sound bar. So I'm hopefully going to have the show broadcasted at monster subs or the people that are there can hear it, some different things. But there's small ways you could support the show just by smashing the thumbs up button, subscribing, hitting the maybe consider being a C3 super fan just for $1.99 a month. Uh, you can continue that small. Just in, if, if $20 is too hard to give, maybe $2 is easier to give. Or you just I want to thank you guys for giving you giving us your time, attention and energy out there. So smash the thumbs up button, subscribe, small ways to help us monetarily yes but just share the show look we've got brand ambassadors out there we got diesel skills who's always just saying look check this link out dude, look at this is the man dude he is certified the man and by the way tony i don't know if you know this at the end of every show on a friday i give him the last word because he's like a preacher out here bro I know. he gives a speech that will make you want to run through a wall, bro. <laughs> Shout He's out to so uplifting. Skills, man. Uh, but He's those incredible. are small ways, man. I mean, I'm telling you, it's not just money, your time, your energy, effort, but I'm it's so small. We don't know it because there's so much going on the internet. I have a the guy I train with, the studio I go and work out at, is just sharing the story. Our local restaurant, Familia, here in, in Greenville, North Carolina, so owned by my brother. It's just, it doesn't seem like much, but one share leads to one follower, which listens to one more family member. And if yeah. you're not willing to do that, if you're not willing to do that. Shame on you, Lord Michaels. Shame on you, NBC. Shame on you. Shame on you, Lord Michaels. Shame on you. Shame these mugs. Hey, but but listen, man. If we're gonna shame them, it's one thing for Tony to do it. It's one thing mm. for me to do it. It's one thing for Greg to do it. But they don't come here to listen to us do it. They come here to listen to them beautiful pipes, baby, from the voice known to make them moist. The one and only, Codizzle Allen. Talk to him, big papa. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, as we sit here, training camp just upon us in a little over a week, where you get to not only enjoy the company of other Panthers fans, but also see three faithful ourselves. Uh, the, the, the Tony, the professor, we're going to have Cody Lack, we're going to have the bad daddy, and tonight we're talking about a lot of things, and you're here to chalk it up with us but you haven't hit that like button yet. You haven't hit that subscribe button yet. Well, I have one thing to say to all you absolute freaks. Subscriber shame. We have 81 people watching, 53 thumbs up, 
hit that like, hit that subscribe, hit that notification bell for every single time the C3 Panthers podcast goes live. Hit that join button for $1.99 a month, man. Listen, as the season starts up, we're going to be ramping up the amount of content that we put out and all of the special content that we do, like the film room, uh, a few other different shows, man. They're going to go out first to our paid subscribers on YouTube for $1.99. Then it'll go live to everybody else. It helps us uh, do some 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 new things for the fans. And it keeps it fun, man. It keeps everybody uh, coming back to the C3 channel. So we appreciate the love. And uh, Tony, before we do some cat calls, let's go. Uh, you know, I'm going to hit the bumper a little bit early tonight because mm. uh, this news is bigger than just the Carolina Panthers. I mean, it is truly news that is reverberating around the NFL. So let's hit that news bumper, baby. Is a running back strike all but imminent? That's what people are wondering. Specifically, all the running backs who have not yet to get paid, including Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs. Uh, there's another name to that list. Uh, uh, I forget who. I have the article up here. But basically, the trade deadline or the Monday's deadline for franchise tag designated players to agree to long-term contracts passed without New York Giants running back Saquon Barkley and Raiders running back Josh Jacobs and Tony Pollard of the Dallas Cowboys signing multi-year deals with their respective football teams. And uh, it really has a lot of people going off, specifically running backs, about the importance of the position in the NFL. Uh, Matt Miller, it kind of summed up the NFL's thought process when it comes to running backs. And uh, Josh Jacobs, I believe, was the one who responded to him. Uh, we have them all right here. But Matt Miller said, draft a running back, play the running back. If he's good, Franchise that running back one time and then rinse and repeat and draft that running back all over again. Well, now these same running backs, they're coming out and saying, man, that's that's bullshit. Jonathan Taylor replied to that and said, if you're good enough, they'll find you. If you work hard enough, you'll succeed. If you succeed, you boost the organization. And then does it matter you're a running back. Well, if I had a vagina, I would be the president of the United States, right? It's just life isn't <laughs> fair. Sadly, it's just like right. this is the unfortunate reality. Look, and and it's just the world has changed. The world has changed, and we're and we're dealing with it. And look, you know what? You want to trace this back to the Carolina Panthers, so we don't just completely steer. Of course, you uh, thank you, Jerry Richardson. Because Jerry Richardson's the one that hardballed the the talks with the NFLPA in 2010 or whatever with the lockout season and all of this. The franchise tag, the rookie deals, like these the structures they put on them benefit the game. 
they benefit the product and they benefit the NFL teams. They don't equ- equally benefit the player position by position. Right. And this is what you've learned is like the running back position is one of those that's it's like the least, the hardest thing to pick up for them. They have to just learn pass protection. Other than mm. that, it's instinctual and doing the same shit that they've done their entire life. Right. The leap is not there position wise for the the adjustment that it is for other positions. So the running back position, and then here's one other thing is not only have we moved to a passing game where running backs are slightly devalued and or not slightly, but are being devalued, but their physical skill set is more easily replicated than a six ten six six receiver. Or something like that. Right. It's like there's just more five foot nine, two hundred and twenty-five guys that can run pretty fast than there are six foot four guys who are two hundred and twenty-five twenty-five pounds that can run like the wind that can play wide receiver. And the game at the lower levels, when it comes through Pop Warner, when it comes through middle school to high school to college, it used to be like the best player always played running back. Right. And they ran 85% of the time at a high school game. But now these guys are throwing in high school a lot. So these position, the skill position players are moving in young, at younger ages where it's not just the most athletic motherfucker plays running back anymore. And my bastard son, Kev, a.k.a. White Chocolate Espresso, he said this is you want to change this, you get rid of the franchise tag. And arguably what you probably have to do even more, Kev, is to take that rookie deal and shorten it even more to where a first round draft pick is three years or four years max and and what they can actually get out of them because he's right. Draft the running back, run them off to fucking run the toe. It's like a rental car, man. If I get a rental car, you think I'm dogging that motherfucker out. You think I'm worried about the long-term health of the brakes. I'm worried about this or that. Nah, like I'm like, man, let's squeal some tires, bro. Let's do it. I mean, at least when I was younger, now that's what you do. You ride them till the wheels fall off and then you discard them. Right. Sorry, you're playing the wrong position, guys. Yes, you are playmakers, but we're going to have to have the NFL PA start to negotiate better things across the board. This is not just like, oh, so unfair. So yeah. on a couple of points, I agree with you, Tony, right? I do think that it's, the world that we live in, right? You know, if you're a kicker, you're not getting paid a tremendous amount of money, um, which brings us to another point that we'll talk about here in just a minute with regard to the your frustration with people not understanding math. But the when you're so the the, are, the tough part about it is there are a there's a stark difference between the top tier and the bottom tier running backs, right? The problem is is that it doesn't seem like it's as hard to find them. And and that is the right. part that is where they're on they're like when you look at every single team, the amount of running backs that are on the market right now are astonishing, right? Or, or even up for trades or or on their final year or on a franchise tag. It's just a, a substantial amount of these guys. And they're all considered incredible players. You have, you know, like Miles Sanders was free. You had Josh Jacobs until he got a you know franchise tag or signed or what have you. Or not, I hate franchise tag, I think. Saquon Barkley's franchise tag, I think. Um, I mean, you have a, a whole list of Dalvin Cook was uh, released or, you know, plans to be if they haven't done that yet. 
Um, I mean, there's just you can go down every single team, and pretty much everybody has a star running back, like a star. They grow on trees, back. it feels like. And and that is if you have a position that it is easy to go down, like more than half of the entire NFL has a star at the position, then it's not as valuable as if you look at a wide receiver where maybe 10 teams have like a star at that position. Um, so I'm, I, that's the part that I agree with. The thing I don't necessarily agree with is I don't think that a running back's job is necessarily more simple than everybody else's. I think, quite honestly, they have to worry about pass protection. They have to understand routes. They have to understand uh, cadences. They have to make sure they're picking up blitzes, like you said, or blitzes. Um, uh, th- I mean, and then you on top of that, making sure you're picking the right running, uh, right gap. Um, vision, and and yeah. vision. I mean, I, I think it is far more complicated than than they're just having to, you know, be instinctual. However, well, it doesn't mean that I think that 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 puts them at a higher like they need to be paid. The argument that I agree with, too, with you on this, Tony, is that the Players Association has to be the one to say running backs have to be valued at a certain amount. Like that's just got to be. I mean, because the truth is, as as easy as as easy as it is to find a running back nowadays, they take a beating more than anybody other than maybe the offensive line. Yeah, the wheels for they there's a cliff too that for that position that comes at 28. Sure. 30 that is not there for other positions, you know, or it doesn't seem like it. I don't well, think that, also, that means that they shouldn't be valued. I think that means that they like that means their earning potential is even shorter, right? And so you might be right. People might be picking the wrong position, but then it, all of a sudden now the running back position becomes less and less valuable. You're going to have less and less chance of finding somebody who's a, a star running back. And all of a sudden now you're having to pay running backs a tremendous amount of money to be a star running back in the league. Because you're you're there's a yeah. supply and demand aspect to it, so I think that I think there's just got to be a a bit of give and take. I think that people have to be reasonable that they're not. Um, you have to be reasonable that you think that people are going to, um, you know, pay you what you're worth, but also not come about this like the way that many of the people have been on the inline or on the internet, and that is that the the NFL is absolutely insane for not wanting to give Josh Jacobs a long term deal. I mean, I don't like I said, if he's asking or Saquon, yeah, or Saquon, who's injury prone as well. I mean, like, it's not abnormal for these. And also, Jacobs deserves it more than Saquon, in my opinion. I mean, the argument I also would throw out there in rushing yards from line of scrimmage last year. Yeah, well, I mean, but the thing I would argue with this is, it's the NFL team's prerogative. If they don't want to value it, they don't have to. You don't have to sign back with them. If they, if you do get franchise tagged, you're still getting paid a tremendous amount of money for a one-year deal. Move on. Go to another team after that. Like, that's the thing. It's like, if you're not happy about it, go somewhere else. If nobody's willing to pay you that, then your market value is only what people are willing to pay you for it. And that is what the argument is right now, is that there is no market for running backs. So Austin Eckler was also in the news basically saying that, hey, you know, the, the market wasn't what I thought it was. It came with baggage, by the way, thanks to Spectral A1 Actual with the 10 Aussie dollars. Shout out CK. Um, but to add some further context in the, into this, right now the average salary for a running back is uh, $1.81 million, 
whereas the average for a field goal kicker is two point two six million dollars. Don't care. This is the Bullshit. most misleading Hold on, let me add, Bullshit that. ever. Let me add. Let me add, let me add one more thing. Uh, not the right one. Hang on. This right here. So, okay, two things that go against the running backs arguments right now, right? Um, one, look at Isaiah Pacheco last year. Undrafted free, or no, he was, uh, I believe, a seventh round pick for the Kansas City Chiefs. And that dude balled out last year. Yeah. Uh, De- uh, Damon Pierce, the running back for the Houston Texans, third round pick out of Florida, wasn't really a, 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 a running back of note coming through the draft. And yet he had an incredible rookie season last year. The position is so incredibly replaceable. But then, it, you know, if you talk about what everyone's doing this for, it's to win a Super Bowl. And from 2009 to 2001, look at the base salary of the leading rusher and the amount of money that they're paying that the Super Bowl winning squad paid to their running back. It ranges from 460000 uh, the most is uh, 2.5 million in 2013. Uh, I mean, the you know when you win the Super Bowl, the teams that are winning it, they are not paying a lot of money to their running backs. Yeah. Can, so the market I... is kind of utterly devastated for them right now. Go ahead, Bad Daddy. Well, can I ask a question? Because there's a lot of things that we're not taking into consideration right here. One is because we're just talking about base salary, and that's salary from the team. Okay, I want to point out that the average American income is between fifty to seventy thousand, so we'll say sixty thousand dollars a year. So you're looking at these salaries, and most of them are at least ten times that. Okay, so I'm not going to feel sorry for these guys. First of all, like Tony said, this is a position they pick. Second of all, this is just their base salary from the from the NFL. They're making a shit ton of money elsewhere. I guarantee you, if you're worth your weight in salt. You're making a shit ton of money elsewhere. Well, well, That's where most of their players make their money. Look, hold on. Now, this stat shows that quarter running backs make less than the average kicker. There's 75 starting running backs in the NFL. There's 32 kickers. Well, there can't be 75 starting no, if, running if backs. There can only be 32 starting. No, if you look at NFL.com, there are a ton of teams. There's not a lot of teams that have one guy right, as their right. starting guy. Most teams run on a dual set. So there's there's like 130 running backs that right. play each exactly. week on special exactly. teams. So, when so you the put stat that against is the kickers, skewed. Yeah, the stat skewed, is exactly. skewed. It's a yeah. poor stat. Yeah. It's like what Mark Twain says is there's stats, damn stats, and lies. Or at least that's a paraphrasing of it. The other thing is this, is that maybe there's an argument that kickers are underpaid here because it's not is and for a team that struggled to have reliable kicking at times, it's not just as easy as going and finding a soccer player who can come out there and kick. There is, it's rare to have, there's not 32 great kickers in the league. There are 32 good kickers and there's like, 10 great kickers when it's not 32 comes, good running backs in the league. Um, right. Whether well, elite elite type running backs, but there are, and it's more replaceable. It's an easier, again, who's the, here's the thing is like, the other thing is that the teams that have won, who won the super bowl last year, Kansas city chiefs. Do they have a big money running back? No. no. How about the year before? 
Nope. The Rams, did they have a big money running back at the time? Nope. No. How about the year before? The fucking Buccaneers, did they have a big... No. Yeah, like, is that... The whole thing is, is too, is that they are great when they are great, but they also aren't the ones that seemingly move the needle. Look at the biggest paid running backs in the league. From Christian McCaffrey to... um, Let's go to who's uh who's the big guy that is could have been a Panther. Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry. All these guys, the teams aren't good. You know, I mean, like Saquon. So it does suck. Is here is the answer for this is what the players are really going to have to do is they're going to have to stop putting forward individual contracts and start looking towards revenue share. Like their whole goal needs to be like this is let's try to find a way to get a bigger piece of the NFL billions that will pay over time rather than just trying to win individually con- in an individual contractual level. And I'll give you this example, Ethan Hawke, the actor. Yeah. He, um, was friends with the guys who started up and I shouldn't know the name of this fucking company by this point. They're the guys that produced the purge. All right. And so the purge, this company that made that, that, that does the, whatever they were small scale. They were kind of like outsiders in Hollywood and they attempted a different revenue model. Then let's put all this money up. Let's risk it for the biscuit. Let's pay this and then try to triple our money instead. So Ethan Hawke made more money from the purge. He got paid like something like $10,000 to do that money. But he took a percentage of the brand or whatever. Right. And then it went on to have a franchise, a Netflix, you know, and he ended up, Ethan Hawke ended up making more money from the purge that he initially signed for $10,000 or 3,000. It was something like, it's like ludicrous to hear. Like Mm -hmm. he just, uh, and he made more money over the lifetime. So I think this is, it's just going to come down to like CK said, is the NFL PA is going to have to do better. And it's hard, man. It's hard, but they got to think this is incrementally. How do we get more of the revenue share? We want 4% more this, this five years. Then we want 5% next and we got to start. So it trickles down and yes, Mahomes and Brady's and these guys will always be paid more. And sadly you're the guy that we're going to run off the rails, but maybe we get you more of a pie at the end. Yeah. Hey, uh, Real quick, shout out to four more with the 199 love bomb. It says, be blessed. Uh, a little birdie told me that this is DJ Moore's brother. I don't oh, know if that's nice, nice. true or not, but if it is, shout out to you, man. Happy to have you. And uh, hey, we wish DJ all the best of luck, except when he's playing the Panthers. I think Can we play them this year. Yeah, we do play the Bears this year. Yeah, we oh, have a man. lot of we have a lot of spicy games this year. Mm-hmm. No, you have the you have the seed, you have all the rookie quarterbacks, uh, the top four, I should say. Um, I guess I mean the top five because Hendon Hooker went to Detroit, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Hendon Hooker, yeah, Hendon Hooker went to Detroit. Yeah, so I mean, when we played Detroit uh, this year as well, um, I so, like, like how we you say Detroit, Detroit, it's like Detroit. 
Detroit. No, the best thing is how he says Luke Kuechly's last name. Luke Kuechly? Kuechly? No, that's not how you say it. You know damn well that's not how you say his name. Hey, I don't know what you're talking about, dude. Uh, Jaguars. 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 Just say the Jaguars. I asked Mike K about this. It's like, good God. Uh, yeah, is uh, we'll be interested, man. There is, a, you're right, CK. A lot of sexy, sexy games from uh, Houston to Indy to Chicago. And there's a lot of storylines, and the NFL is about storylines. What are we doing? Um, let's. You want to hit some cat calls, man? I don't know. What do you guys? Do we got anything else to talk about? I mean, we got plenty to talk about. Don't worry, we'll be here until you guys are going into the wee hours of the sleep but is there anything else specific to the running back oh miles sanders did the panthers go too early on as a question call in at 252-228-5098 did they go to get a good deal and i i meant this is like look is i understand that saquon and josh jacobs that these guys are really great players christian mccaffrey um but at the same time when you pay that money, if you're talking about this, when you watch that quarterback series and you are have some like, it's like, oh, God, the beating they take. Saquon has been hurt, too, out of the four years. Yes, he's been great when he's out there. But no, at the same time, they were talking the fans were talking shit before Dayball and now got there about like, oh, can he is he a pass catching guy? Can he do enough as a, a pass protecting? You know, like we are always shitting on these players when they're great. And then now we want to overpay, not overpay, but give them look, is Saquon is a risk. He's not as sexy. And you know, and that's the risk, you know, and and they caught on to it. Draft them bitches in the first round. Get five years out of them and move on. Well, and guess what? The highest paid running back going into this season, guess who it is? Christian McCaffrey. No, I mean, uh, I don't believe so. Derrick Henry. Make, I mean, no, I actually saw. Let me let me make, let me be a hundred percent. I saw that it was Bijan Robinson because the no. fact that he was the number, the fact that he was the number eight pick in the draft. Oh, because uh, it's like fully guaranteed for this yeah, one year or whatever. He's, he's, he's a top 10 pick. Let me, How about let, let this? Me, that, sure. Greg, you said, or who was it? That, or CK, you said that yeah. like, oh, it's not as just as plug and play. But there is a reason that we in fantasy draft rookie running backs without question. You know what I'm saying? Is like right off the bat, they think that Bijan Bijan's coming into a team where there were two one thousand, like there was a, already a thousand yard rusher last year. They got all this and like people, and maybe this is fantasy just distorting the reality of the situation. That mm -hmm. could be very well it, and is that fantasy is not reality? But like, there's an idea that look is rookie running backs make a giant impact in the numbers in their first can in their first year. Wow, a receiver, you're like, uh, I mean, you're talking Jamar Chase and like two other people, but usually it takes time. Well, yeah, so there's by a the few way, real quick, I was right. Bijan Robinson will make the most total cash this year at 13 million. Christian McCaffrey comes in at number two at 12 million. Wow. Who's the uh, most underpaid in this list? 
Maybe not um, underpaid. I think Nick Chubb is the most disrespected running back. Dude, Nick in the Chubb league. is a monster. Agreed. What do you I think, think he's disrespected? Well, huh? Because like here is the thing is well maybe I guess is he if he's making this type of money right now then it, he's not. He's the second highest but, like, cap hit. And, and Tony, is he still on his rookie deal? If he still is, good God, these rookie no, 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 deals no, no, no. are Chubb, too long. Chubb got paid. Okay. Yeah. That's why he's just like nobody's really talking like about him because he's not a pass. And maybe I'm just it's too much not, into fantasy football. The Browns, he so like, not really anything right now. In that, in that I'll, I'll tell you why. And Tony, this goes back to your comment about the fantasy thing. And there's a difference in fantasy football when it comes to elite running backs. Like if you can lock yourself down with an elite running back, it's not a position you have to worry about. There are not a ton of running backs you can plug and play and not no, worry like about five. Them every week. There's beyond only like that, five. Yeah. Beyond that, there's a lot of really good running backs in the league, but they're splitting carries with a lot of people. So in fantasy football, it's a little different because you're looking for a guy who's going to take the bulk of the carries and be good, which is two but things that you just don't see in the NFL Kareem very Hunt. much. Huh? Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying he is a boss. He's like the most, like to me, is like he he's probably uh, arguably – a top three running back in the league to me. He might be number one. Right, right. Yeah, That's like, a, like a legitimate a argument. Yeah, it's just, it's like, oh, but Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> and by so the dynamic. way, a lot of people don't remember the knee injury that he sustained at Georgia. Dude, I don't know if y'all remember that. He, he damn near had to end his career. He had a terrible <laughs> knee injury uh, playing at Georgia. And the fact that he came back and is doing what he's doing, Yo, Nick Chubb is a monster. Oh yeah, um, Chubb is a monster. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, so, so yeah, Bijan Robinson is the highest paid. So that goes to their point. You're every other NFL position, you're gonna make more money on your second contract than your first contract, except for running back. There's a chance, uh, uh, Bijan Robinson going forward uh after this contract never makes 13 million dollars a year again no nah, no nah, it's over yeah but you're yeah. talking about 13 oh, million dollars let's be realistic no, no no you can't be like that that's just you because can we're, be like that you have to be because like that. we're mere mortals bro right you can say that because we're right. mere mortals but at the same time is like they are the 1.1.1 percent of the world so you know, they so deserve, they're they supposed to be better treatment because of that. Yes, yes, they, and because yes. they're physically, physically more gifted because than they're me. They Greek deserve gods better on the gridiron, dude. Gotcha. And okay. there's I, a I, trillion the dollar view. industry built on their backs. Right. And just so you know, whenever we're talking about more money going to these players, and like Tony, you were talking earlier, them having a part of the franchise or however, whatever part you want to do, part of the big part of the pie, you that trickles down to us. Just so you know, we're gonna pay that. The, the oh, well, yeah, gonna, we pay that, more. That comes more, back down learn. to us. So, so what you're asking for is for us to pay more, pay money more for the product, for them to be able to make more money. This is what you're what you're advocating there. Or I, no, I maybe a redistribution this. of the revenue share. It's not going to happen. <laughs> it's not well, going to happen, man. man. So, so by the way, you already on the money. dark. Yeah. Not only is he the wet blanket, but he is actually on the dark side. I am. 
I am, dude. If you see my truck, I have all kinds of Sith stuff stuff on my Greg, truck, man. You like, need to Sith pet Creed your is on beard. my phone cover. Like you need to, yeah. you need to pet your beard more diabolically. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like really. Well, I'm gonna get my wife to braid it like a. Uh, it's gonna be like um. Like a Viking Vikings beard. Name? Yeah, I'm gonna have the black beard. Yeah, 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 yeah. Put some yeah, firecrackers up there. Uh, by the way, this is courtesy of White Chocolate Espresso. This is the average salary per position. Uh, right now, running back is at uh, one million seven hundred something. Fullback is a little bit lower on that list. Cornerback a little bit higher. Safety is over two million. Offensive line. Yeah, when you look at it, just the law of averages, these guys are all underpaid. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's yeah, but it's, here's here's my question. I mean, I, I I would be interested to see a breakdown of the rosters. That and how many running backs are actually on rosters compared right. to the other positions? Because, I mean, I would say r- wide receiver maybe is the only one that is going to have more uh, potentially on 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 rosters throughout the entire NFL. But running backs are usually punt returners. Like it can be w- wide receivers as well, but mm-hmm. you know, it's it's on many occasions it's it's uh, running backs. <laughs> um, they're going to be uh, poss- usually four deep in running backs on every single team. That's not including training camp. That's like mid-season. Like How many you're do you about think are on the Panthers right backs. now? Right now, I'd say we have six or seven. You're exactly right. We have six. Yeah. We have three quarterbacks, six running backs. What We have a lot um, of wide receivers, I can tell you that much. And they go into that. The point that you yeah. made earlier, Tony... Look at how many top flight running backs have had injury problems. Mm-hmm. It's well, the don't... nature of the position that they get banged up. You're talking about they have to run full speed into defensive linemen that are, you know, 280 to 300 pounds. And that's well, their every job. position has injury problems. Think of Kevin White, no more my than favorite others, wide though. receiver that never played anything. But um, now I do think the most compelling argument by these running backs, uh, by particularly like guys that are being vocal on the internet today, from Najee Harris to uh, Derrick Henry, is that you have top-tier running backs making on par what number three wide receivers are making. So like Zay Jones and... Nick Chubb are like making the same fucking money. Yeah. I think that is, it's more, it almost should be like this is that if you play a certain amount of snaps and you're like, you, there's like some sort of more, you know what I'm saying? That you get in there. What is is Christian McCaffrey? What is like, let's look at the top. Do, can we do that? Can we look at the top five running backs? Can we, that, can we do that? But can we take one call code as we look up the yeah, information? No, let's, so, let's, let's CK, tell us what we need to look up. The top five running back like contracts in the NFL right now. Okay, yeah, I have that. I have that up. Uh, yeah, let's do some cat calls at two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight. Let's jump into it. So, what are your thoughts on cat calling? Yeah, it's pretty. You shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So how do you think catcalling makes the person feel? It feels good, like.
Yeah. Assuming it's coming. On my left. It's coming. Pull it forward my left here. Pick it up. Pull it forward. All right. I pressed the button. Uh, we can't hear anything, Tony, if you're playing it. Tony, you there? Tony! Yep. No. Hey, you can hear me, right? Yeah, I can hear you. I can hear you. I, here's what I'll... Hey, hey guys, it's uh, it's CK from Rona. I just wanted to call and talk about this news about Brian Burns not signing his contract yet. What do you guys think about that? Oh, wow, it sucks, man. I wish it was signed uh, two years ago. Yeah, yeah. You did tell me would know by now that uh, he can't leave <laughs> and uh, not do the uh, the uh, the cat calls. Well, it is what it is. We're here, and uh, we can we can continue. Like, if we have any uh, details about the running back position, as far as like the top five um, being paid at the position, and and what that contract because i mean i remember when christian mccaffrey was paid he was he he reset the market right we reset the market um and and many people look back on christian mccaffrey's time here and they think uh, when they look at his contract they're like oh that's not that bad but when we gave him the contract it was bad like it was a really big contract <clears throat> now there were the way they structured it, it tended out to be a little bit better because it was essentially like a six year contract instead of a five year. But um, he, he was still paid heavily and that his contract is still probably among one of the highest paid. Um, you know, I would like to see what Chubbs is. I would like to see what Derrick Henry's uh, money looks like. Um, yeah. And then really just break that down and compare it to what that looks. Cause I mean, if the top end talent is still making a, a good amount of money, I don't think it's, uh, I don't think it's a fair thing to say that you know that running backs on average are making what number three wide receivers are making. They just, I, yeah. I, I, I don't know that that is a logical argument. Yeah, and, I don't, I don't think that 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 is true. Uh, so, uh, well, real quick, I'll tell you the numbers, and then we'll tell Tony that we didn't hear anything the whole time. Uh, but uh, Derrick Henry at number one. You didn't hear anything. No, no, no man, nothing at all. God, I'm. Andrew walked fun. away, so CK had to fake a cat call, and I had to answer his question. Did you do good? Yeah, I had I mean, to pee I so bad, guys. No, you're good. Uh, but real quick to answer your question, uh, when it comes to cap hit, it goes uh, Derrick Henry at 16 million, Nick Chubb at 14, Tony Pollard at 10, Saquon Barkley at 10. Josh Jacobs at 10. So, by the way, if you notice those three numbers, they're all the same. Because they're on and franchise tag. Yeah, they're all on the franchise tag. Uh, total cash, like I said, Bijan Robinson right now is number one with almost $14 million. Then McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, Nick Jones, uh, or Aaron Jones, Nick Chubb. Uh, there's a whole bunch of them, man. Alvin Kamara has the highest contract length. Uh, Nick Chubb has the highest base salary. Um, I'm surprised that Christian isn't more on top of most of these. All right, total value: Alvin Kamara is at 75 million. McCaffrey is at 64 this million. This is a big deal right here. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The total money. Um, because those rookies get, especially uh, being a first round draft pick, does make you, or especially top ten. Like the guaranteed money, like the number one pick is completely guaranteed. Yeah. There's a reason Bijan is up here, but he's not in the on these bottom lists. 
here. Well, what what is it like when you look at this compared to uh, wide receivers? I know they're making mad money. I'm 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 not saying that, but like as far as if we're comparing top ten and oh, or top point. five to top five, what is the contract value of say you know the top five paid wide receivers in the league right now? Do we I'll have that up. as well? Tell me, um, play uh, play right, that other call. I'll, I got I'll, it, I'll, and I'll, you know what it is. I just had it muted. Uh, because I was testing it. You know how I always fuck up and it doesn't work? It always takes me two times to yeah. connect the Bluetooth. So I was testing it while you guys were talking, but I muted the output on the board. I got to unmute it. Turn it down. It was good, fellas. Uh, it's Corey calling Ten in. Years I, gotta be no, I, got, I got a lot on my mind. Not a lot on my mind. I got a lot to say. I usually be running out of time. But uh, real quick, Greg, my guy, rocks it all, y'all. Man. This uh, wet blanket uh, stance that you dug yourself into—you gotta stop acting like you don't you don't like being a wet blanket, man. You gotta stop acting like, hey, I don't want to be the devil's advocate. I don't want to be a wet blanket. You like that shit, bro? We know you do. It's, it's you. You become the 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 counterman to Cody's rose colored glasses, Tampa's fandom, and and that's fine. I'm 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 kind of a wet blanket fan too. More I'm, I'm I I consider myself more of a realist. Some people might say contrarian, all that kind of stuff, and 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 that's how I view things. I get it, but also in the off season, there there's really no room for um, people being like realistic and and tempering expectations and all that. Off season is all about hey, this guy could be this, and we could be this, and he has the potential to be this, right? So so I understand, right? But I but but it was. Particularly when I started talking about the Brian Burns video and him practicing dropping the coverage, um, where you were like, you know, just because you know he's running on the field by himself with no pads and somebody's throwing the ball right to him doesn't mean he's going to get an interception. It's like, bro, nobody thinks that. You know, Cody is being Cody and he's 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 going to hype up shit the way he is. But nobody really watched that video and was like, oh shit, Brian Burns is going to be the next. Uh, uh, I don't even know. But it, it's like it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a video of him doing drills, and it's the off season, and we're watching it, and we got to talk about something, and people latch on to anything to talk about. But it's like, all right, cool. But we'll say this: this one point, um, uh, JJ had a call last week um, about the Bryce Young um, situation. Matter of fact, I'm, I know I know I'm gonna run out of time on this. I'm gonna cut this call short so I can make the this the next call be what I really want to be about. Keep on appreciate y'all. Right, we're going to listen to part two of the look. You didn't even run. You had a whole minute. Um, here is part two. Yeah, let, it, wait, let, 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 let Greg re respond real, real well, quick to his. I, over, I, didn't he, oh. it, I didn't hear much of it. I walked back in and I heard wet blanket was he the first thing I heard. He, he said basically just, uh, said that you revel in being the wet blanket. That you I just go, oh, I hate to be it. And then you're like, Take this way, yeah. I mean, maybe I do, you know, yeah. But it, it sounded like, to be honest with you, towards the end of that call, he kind of agrees with no, no, me. no. He's like, saying like, this like, is like, this okay. is the time, this is actually yeah. the time to be ridiculous. And then, Greg, wet blanket in three weeks or two months. And yeah. do I, but no, really I think wear... it was, was a great call. That was a great call. Oh, yeah. And do yeah. I really wear rose colored glasses you do. yeah you're going fucking no, nuts I, about I think we all do sometimes on, we all dude. do sometimes no um i go on pirate radio every week 
and for the last nine years I've been going on with my, my, my buddy. And he says, he said to me, he was like, I miss the old Tony. That was like, fucking this guy's going to be old. And he was like, he's like, I hate, I hate the draft now. And oh, it's <laughs> it's like this. you're an old curmudgeon. Just the way it is. It's just yeah. like, I mean, but he's been in the broadcast and the radio game for, you know, 10 more years than me. So it's just like, yeah, we all are. We're hyped, though. We're hyped about Bryce. Yeah. Here, I think this, to, and before we go to the next call, just think of some of these numbers right here. When you bring it up, CK, it's not the top five that are problematic, right, is for wide receivers and their numbers, right? Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, Cooper Cup, A.J. Brown, Stephon Diggs, what are the DK, numbers? right? Like, these are... Yeah, they're astronomical numbers in some ways, well, but they're also fucking well. All right, so seventy-two million guaranteed for Tyreek, sixty-five uh, guaranteed for Devonte. So Devonte, hold Adams, on. It, what is the what's the contract value of Alvin Kamara? Sixty-five not million guaranteed. Seventy-five. Seventy-five right. million. So look, is that if we wanted to look at the total value, Devontae Adams is one forty. So his one forty. How long is that contract? Double, out of curiosity, is double. Well, sure. it ends in twenty. It's the always just look at the guaranteed. Right. But it's not the top players. That's not the issue. Right. Those guys, you can't. Devontae Adams don't grow on trees. Right. Tyreek Hill don't do not grow on trees. The the issue is when you get to guys like Michael Gallup, who have 27 million guaranteed right now. Alan Lazard, 22 million guaranteed, right? And it's not a year, it's not just the average per year that's problematic. Is these guys are signing Alan Lazard hasn't done shit in the NFL. Not uh, you know what he's always done is fucking drop passes. And he's getting twenty. He's gonna get just as much guaranteed as like a top six running back, you know. So I think there is a point there. That's where it's problematic. It's like, man, is like, look, is Juju Smith Schuster is getting sixteen million guaranteed, and this motherfucker nobody wants him. Um, yeah, you know. And so that is this year the the New England this year. Yeah, it it sounds like you're making the argument. that I always make about when players complain about not making enough money and the salary cap going up and everything else. And like, just like, why, like, why, why do you deserve this much money? It sounds like that's the argument you're making. It's no, a legit argument. I think it's legit. The argument like, is, is this, is that there are people in the building that do more. All right. And to take this into a place, I'm not going to say where I work. It's like uh, the people at the top, always make a shit ton of money. I mean, it's just the reality of things, but like, well, I don't work in a place where there's ownership. It should be the, 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 the best performer should be paid the highest, but Period. they're not the, actually the best perform. They failed upwards so much. And there's actual people that are doing far more irreplaceable work. It feels like at times that where it's just not, it's not that you want more than them. It's just like, why is it so fucking out of whack. And I would just say is this is the top 10 running backs in the league should probably be paid similarly in the range that the 
bottom, like the 20 through 30 wide receivers should be paid. Well, the only issue not the same, not one to one. I don't want a running back, the top five running back to be equivalent to a top quarterback. It's just this is you could be Zay Jones, which I like Zay Jones. And he's what is Zay Jones making up here? Curtis Samuel is making more money than motherfucking Saquon Barkley. Yeah. And also, it's a pass happy league right now. Everybody wants to throw the ball. Everybody wants to be able to push the ball downfield. So it's like, again, they got to stop paying these wide receivers, is what they need. Zay Jones is making. They're not about to. Yeah. Yeah. They're not about to. Jamar Chase, by the way, you want to get somebody, you'll make somebody that makes you mad is Jamar Chase. Guess who gets paid more than Jamar Chase? Zay Jones, Adam Thielen, Juju Schuster, Russell Gage, Tim Patrick, Michael Thomas, Brandon Cooks, Marcus Bounder. Like, is the list. Jamar Chase. I'm telling you, the rookies is is the pendulum swung a little too much, right? Is that before the last NFLPA, you had people like Jamarcus Russell, Sam Bradford, that would break these broken teams. So you would get the number one pick because you're the Rams. But then you would have to pay Sam Bradford everything. And he hasn't even played. Like, you don't know if he's going to get hurt. You don't know if he's going to be good. You don't know if all of this. And you got to pay him everything. And so it, it was imagine being crippled by the Bryce Young pick. If Bryce Young doesn't work out, it won't financially cripple us. It will just timeline set us back. Yeah. Well, the 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 thing about the uh, the argument with like the Chase Young thing or not Chase Young, uh, the the wide Jamar. receiver for Jamar Chase. Yeah. Um, is like I'm all for the best player getting paid the most, but when you have a league like this, it's ever changing who the best player is. True. You know, so that's why it's so hard to put that on there. Like I'm not going to go in when Jamar Chase is a rookie and sign him to a, you know, $75 million deal based on what I think he can do, which is what a lot of people want to do. Now, if he comes in and he performs well, he's going to get paid well for the years he performs, whether you think it's well or not, he's going to get paid well for the years he performs. Then if he continues to do that and proves himself, then he makes the big contract. Like it's it's just when you when you say it like well Jamar Chase makes less than Adam Thielen well that's great but Adam Thielen like uh, like Jamar Chase has been great but let's compare just career stats Adam Thielen has more, done more stuff in the NFL than Jamar Chase has well, he's, he's put also those been in the in. NFL a lot yeah. longer too that's what I'm saying that's why right. he's making more money because of that right yeah, now but, but I guarantee also, you but, I but, guarantee you by the end of the end of it Jamar Chase is going to make way but, more than Adam Thielen ever yeah. made yeah right right yeah yeah but also yeah. Jamar Chase will mean more to an offense yeah. because of what he will do to a defense mm-hmm. rather than someone like Adam Thielen. Right. It tells you this is um, when you think about this is you had, I guess the coolest, one of the coolest examples of what this will be is Antonio Gibson is an interesting one. Look, I never thought that we overpaid Christian McCaffrey because I, I thought of just pigeonholing him into a running back was was too narrow of a look of what he was for our team. So I thought there are, there are some examples where there are running backs and there are sometimes where there are special players. And I thought that Christian McCaffrey was in the special player category rather than just a very good running back. Antonio Gibson though, was a wide receiver in college that they made a 
running back in the pros. And now he wants to be a wide receiver. Like he's like, fuck this. I don't want to be a running back. You barely use me anyway. I fumbled the ball twice, Ron Rivera. And you put me in the Cameron artist paying doghouse right off the bat is make me a wide receiver. Make me Curtis Samuel. Because I could be a busted up Curtis Samuel and make more money than Christian McCaffrey. I'm just like saying, man, player, I, man, I don't I don't ever want to pay a running back that type of money. And Not I right do now, think and, and I and I yeah, and I do think Christian McCaffrey was overpaid. Y'all remember I thought so then. I you always did. you've thought, always been consistent I, on that. Yeah, I've I always thought that. And by the way, I was right. But the amount of times that he was injured, yeah, he was also a receiver. He was an incredible running back, but primarily we used him as a running back, and he was injured most of the time when the team had to lean on him. But you could say that about Curtis Samuel, who made 34. You know what I'm saying? Is like his yeah, injuries. He the type of money that Christian McCaffrey was. All right, let's go to the next call. What's up, fellas? It's Corey calling in. I made a couple calls earlier, but... If you can only, if, if you ain't trying to play all three of my calls, I understand. Oh, wait, wait, wait. All, right, all right, no, I'll skip one. And part two, of course, call. I'm, I'm going to make this fast. But, um, no, yeah, like I not. said, JJ had a call last week, and I, I can't remember exactly all what he said, but I, the main point, I agree with him basically saying that, hey, you know, there's a real good chance that if we do see Bryce struggle, or, or maybe we struggle more than we consider, we will be able to point to his weapons or his receiving core. Uh, maybe they weren't doing what they needed to do, or maybe they let him down a little bit. And and I agree. And I don't think that it's he's necessarily saying, Greg, what you were saying, that, oh, you're playing both sides and saying, oh, Bryce Young is going to be, if he's great, it's because he's this and he's that and da-da-da-da-da. But if he's not, oh, it's because his receivers let him down, like you're playing both sides, that kind of thing. It's like, no, I don't necessarily think that's what he was saying. Just that Bryce, as the player that he's been presented to us as, you know, as a cerebral mind, as somebody who comes in and, and he's working every day and he gets the playbook and he's studying and he's, and he's going to be, if anything, if he's not going to be anything else, he's going to be prepared, right? Now to say if he comes out his rookie year and he struggles more or than, than what we would expect, obviously there's different plays that somebody could make that would indicate like, all right, he, he just ain't got it or he fucked up on that one, right? and we will be able to make that distinction. But if we look at the end of the year and say his numbers aren't that great, but he looked like he knew what he was doing, we can, we, we can easily point to a lot of the weapons to say they could have done more to help Bryce out. And, and this isn't this crazy big hot take. We've been knowing that this receiving core and these weapons are not really that great. People have been saying it's one of the worst in the NFL all offseason. And you can say however you can think however you want to think about how good these guys could potentially be, but at the end of the day, that's what we're talking about is potential. TMJ hasn't shown us anything to be a number one yet. Jonathan Mingo has never played in the NFL. Hayden Hurst is a first round pick who's never been really anything other than I right. like Miles Sanders, I think he's more of a complimentary piece than a um um making something out of nothing, get on my back, boys, I got a type of running back. So say like you know, playing both sides. Isn't I, like that. Disagree like, with the I don't think that's necessarily part. fair. Yeah, I think, I if anything, Greg, it. you're kind of playing both sides where you've dug into this, hey, Bryce Young could be, like, I got to see before I call Bryce good thing against, you know, the Bryce fans to where, like, all right, if he comes out of struggles, you know you're going to, you know, do your little victory lap say, hey, 
this is why I told y'all to wait and, you know, I and, don't and win if Bryce loses. I told you he could be bad. <laughs> to where then if he's good, you could say, oh, well, I wanted to be wrong the whole time. Like I told y'all, I hope I'm wrong. hope I'm wrong. But you can be this. Um, F, that's it, man. Nothing, nothing too crazy. But let me know what y'all think, man. Uh, hey, Greg. Like said, wet blankets. I'm one of them. But don't. You like being that, that wet blanket. Greg. We are, I hear you. I hear you. I appreciate it. I do. Hey, I do. I do kind of agree with that last point, though. Because you do have, I mean, I'm not saying that you're okay. Put it to you like this: you're the one that's saying, "Hey, I want to see it first. And if Bryce Young comes out and gets injured week one or two, you aren't going to be like, "Hey, this is why I never wanted to draft a five foot ten, one hundred ninety pound quarterback." But that's not a victory lap. That's just acknowledging the facts well, that I put out. That's it's not, not a victory. A victory. Lap. Also, okay, right. But it was the same. But, but it was the same thing about Matt Rule, right? Matt Rule wasn't a victory lap, but you were right about Matt Rule before everyone else. And that's something that you can say that most other people can't when Panther fans were trying to be optimistic about You're the right. future. You're right. I can. And how many times do I come out and do that? Because not listen, when, when we draft a Carolina Panther and he doesn't do well, if I predicted that, that's not a victory for me. Yeah, I'm there's not a difference relish between blind optimism and optimism yeah. and things like that. And we were misled. Greg was, we got to give him on, like, don't, the Matt Rule thing, we should have all been more fucking wary. Suspicious. Yeah. Well, look, I, I have one thing to say, comment about that call, because that was a great call, and he, he raises a lot of great points, and I love talking about this kind of stuff. But I want to ask, like, when he says, like, brings up the wide receiver thing. Do we think that the wide receiver core we have right now on the Carolina Panthers is better than the wide receiver core he had last year in college? Yes. If so, yes. I can't know so, one then player I don't that hear was on any his... excuses about the wide receiver core for him playing. Okay. No, no, no that's a fair that point. Ma- that makes sense. Like, and I'm with yeah. you, Greg. Is I'm all time. I'm over the motherfucking people being like, "Oh, Bama didn't have." This is what they always said about Stroud. Is like, oh, he had all these goddamn receivers. And then motherfucking, like, what? You don't got four-star recruits, five-star recruits right. at Alabama right. at right. every fucking position? Yeah, like, it's so what? They didn't have the number one, two, three receiver, but they weren't working with Appalachian State wide receivers. They were, they were working with, like, NFL-caliber wide receivers, right? I mean, like, that. that's just the reality of it. I mean, it's he's... And and that's where I, I agree with a lot of the detractors of, away from Bryce Young is yes I think there is a, uh, a a connection to him being in Alabama playing in a NFL ready offense and all that stuff but I think that's a part of also why it's a, an appeal <clears throat> why we think that he has has a better chance of actually making it work is because he's going to be cerebral in a yeah he's, he's going cerebral. To, He's already it, got the experience in an NFL offense for the most part. Or right? he talks so well, right? It's like he just uh, convinces us with the interviews and this. And the, look, the real concern about Bryce Young is the size. And it's right. not about I'm not tall enough, bad it passes. It's can you survive? Mm-hmm. That's it. Like, that's the real, like, I'm telling you, we're waiting on bated breath when you see him get laid out the first time. Right. Like, and when he gets up, do, do not it, bullshit if you don't think we all have a collective sigh of relief when he gets up from his first big hit. Oh, yeah. 
right, right. That's and, what and we're all going to be like. It's not about him on paper. It's not about him. I don't even care about his arm strength. I don't think he's got the bazooka and all of this. For me, it's just can you, as a smaller stature person, live in the NFL? Look, you fucking shit on Demir Bird, right? You shit on him all the time, Cody. The only problem with Demir Bird is is they make a hundred and seventy five pound guy do kick returns, right? And every when he gets hurt, it's been on a kick. He broke his arm. Like duh, you're running ninety miles. He's the fastest. Like it's like I it's mean, like hey, entire- let's take the smallest car and run it into a brick wall and yeah. hope the driver doesn't get hurt. Put it in a uh, in a in a crash derby. And yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and yeah, uh, a stiff breeze can put Demir Bird on IR. No one's right, saying right. he's not fast, but it's again, if you're or he's not, not a available. playmaker, he's not this. It's just like, it's like, can these would any of these receivers last in the '90s when they're going across the middle and head hunting and doing right. this? It's a different. <clears throat> so there, that's the concern. No. The concern about Matt Rule was we don't know. Anything about a college guy coming to the NFL, and what we always have to remember with Matt Rule is when there's all this fucking media hype around somebody, and we really ain't seen it. We're just like listening to all these fucking talking heads telling us like, oh, like is that's the thing with Matt Rule? We turned out we just listened to a bunch of motherfuckers who said they knew something about him, and it turned out he didn't know shit. They didn't know shit, and we didn't know shit. Before we go to the next call, I want to put this out there because I was on Friday Free For All and I kind of did the same thing. But I know there's going to be a lot of people coming with smoke for me about this whole Bryce Young deal and everything. I just want to I want to make my sign on the hill very clear for everybody. Okay, Bryce Young is my quarterback, and I've never said that I think he's garbage. Okay, I'm very hopeful that he's going to do well. Yes, I wanted C.J. Stroud instead, but I got Bryce Young and and I'm behind him for that. Okay. I'm very impressed with him working out and the studies that I've seen or like stuff I've been reading about him doing with the studies and everything. Okay. All that being said, all that being said, I'm not going to say he's the best thing ever to happen in Carolina or he is the deal or he is the guy until I see him play. He's and just getting not, old, Greg. That is That's not, no, that is not a, that is not a outrageous comment to make. I do I, think he can, and I hope he does. But I, I just, I just cannot say he's the guy until I see it. I did the same thing with Cam Newton. I want to see I, it first. Can I also? Can I? Can I add this because I think that there might. I think a lot of the people might be frustrated with the uh, the words you because last last week you were a bit more uh, inebriated, I would say is probably the way that I would describe why you said what you said. He was drinking wine out of a martini glass. You did specifically (laughs) say that us wanting him to like us advocating for him was making you want him to be bad this year. Then I misspoke with that. And I do apologize. Yes. I I think that would, I I think that's That's where, I think where people are hearing that, like that was one of the things you said. And I think people need to understand like you weren't, like you had a lot of shit going on that day. Um, you were just kind of winding down with a nice little drink. You were Which is not, not an excuse, but but right. yes, but yes, yeah. right. So I I don't think any of us believed, at least here on the panel, that that's how you really be, you know felt that you wanted him to not succeed. But if there's anybody coming from upset from the cat calls or from 
mm-hmm. from the the chat or anything and it's probably going to spur from that statement alone and who and gives a fuck yeah. this is the type of discussion we want right. you know what i'm saying is like if we all got up here and said the same shit it would be boring as fuck so greg Yes, the Jamarcus Russell shit was ridiculous, but no, it made I'll, I'll for a that. twenty good, twenty minute good conversation. Well, I'll we got to talk that. about sipping on scissor. We got yeah. to talk about contracts. <laughs> we got to talk about all of this. So it's okay. And for someone who's fallen asleep in the draft show, it's all right. Yeah. Let's I, go to the next. Anthony wants period. to hear his voice, and he's not the next one. How about that? Wait, you're two in you're two in the hole, homie. And I'm skipping a call because who was it that just called three times? I'm only playing two of these. What's up, guys? It's Chase from Anderson. Um What up, Chase? Three things are affecting the uh running back uh ordeal that's going on. Um number one is statistics show that uh the running backs uh durability and life in NFL is Getting shorter. I mean, you, you can get a decent running back by the down by the dozen now. There's only very few game-breaking running backs anymore. And after they reach their, you know, finish their rookie deal, they really don't have much left tread on them. On them after that, there's very few that yeah. play for you know, a long time after their rookie deal, and, and then you get them on the contracts, and after that, and they they hurt. Um, another thing is, is, uh, yeah, the quarter, the more and more money the quarterbacks are making now, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. These contracts, and I just keep, and these teams just keep giving it to them. It's just, I want to be the highest paid. I want to be the highest paid. No, I want to be highest paid. And they just, they, so, I'm not opposed to people making the most money as they can when they can. But it's different now with with uh, like the NFL where you got a cap space. You only could spend, you only got so much money to go around, right? The 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 more of a cap space you got one player taking up, the less there is going around for everybody else, especially star other star players. And uh, this less and less running backs getting the big payday is eventually going to spread to another position. And the way the rod receivers are coming out out of the uh, college these days and through the draft, I think the rod receiver position group is next to one that's going to see uh, that reduce big payday. Yeah, you got the game changers, but they, how many, there's too you many know, there's a lot of good receivers in it. You don't have to have that one, number one, the, Rob receiver, you know, how many like true number ones that's like top five in the league receivers is just winning Super Bowls? They're not. The teams that are winning Super Bowls has got that elite quarterback and, you know, a complete team made up of young players. Unless you go and buy a Super Bowl like, like, uh, the Rams did, but look at them now, you know, they're paying for it now. Um, and for the receiving group core for the, uh, Panthers, I kind of see it on both sides that uh, potential is there to be a really solid core of guys. I like this call a lot. Um, in some ways, the look is that is the thing is that he said, yeah, it is kind of ridiculous in some ways, but the 
the fact of the matter is, is that there's only so many people that can do it. Right. And actually, I think if anybody's underpaid, it's probably the, the fucking field goal kickers. I know that they don't kick a lot, but these motherfuckers are in the most pressured situations that you guys tell me that they lose games. They do all of this and they're not as easily replaceable. The fact of the matter is, is with these quarterbacks is there's only five or 10 of them that are of the top of the top. And then the drop off is so significant. I think he brings a great point when it comes to wide receivers is like, when does the drop off come when you get a guy like a Bryce Young, who we think is going to be a distributor and you're not going to hopefully have one guy who's going to have 10 catches, 140 yards and two touchdowns, but instead have four guys that have six catches, 70 yards and a touchdown spread around three different people right is like does that ultimately is are we consolidating into big business right is the quarterback the walmart the target of the positions while other things are going on and g baby look you guys got to recognize g baby brings the smoke he's so funny he said this he said greg drinks white wine <clears throat> first no greg you don't have to defend yourself don't defend yourself. Is first. This is just alcoholism. Is like, yeah, Greg just was just down to white wine. Let's just put it that way. He's just down to white wine. This mug didn't even have no a other wine options. Glass. He was drinking white wine out of a martini glass. I am a red wine guy myself, but I tell you, I went I to. Yeah. I was in Italy. I went to Italy. I was there in COVID. I'm patient fucking zero for North Carolina during the COVID shit. As not a white white wine in Italy, different game, bro completely different it's not sweet it's not it's fucking it was incredible and i'm not a white wine uh thing so but g baby people love g baby g baby got the good comments you gotta know and i want to give g baby some shout out a credit too because he does come hard in some tweets and some comments and some calls but when we were on the friday free-for-all he didn't overdo it yeah yeah. You know, it's like he know he's like is it was good. It's good stuff. Um you guys ready for the next call? Let's do it. Yeah. Um uh, this takes again just to finish up my uh thoughts on the the Panthers wide receiver group. Yeah, we've got a really good solid group. I think we got a group of of a bunch of number two guys and a couple number three guys. But that, hey, that's nothing wrong with that. It's better than have a a true number one and a bunch of bums, you know what I mean? Or that, that wasn't going to do you no good. Like uh, like Cody said, it's not about the who you're going to double it. It's not about okay, we got that number one guy that this got to be doubled. Okay, you leave and you double one guy, you got two or three other solid number two guys that 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 that's going to be free or one on one to do something, you know. And then again, you also got to look at. Can TMJ take that next step? I think TMJ could be an absolute freak if he could plays up to his potential. The LSU uh, receiving group that he was part of, think about it, was uh, Jamar Chase and uh, Justin Jefferson. And he led that group until he got hurt in college. Um, and then uh, you got Thielen. You know, who, he was uh, absolutely a round monster, but his uh, he's in the twilight of his career. CJ Chart could be a number one type guy but injuries I am you know so we're if everybody lives up potential that's a big if and this is a really solid group 
optimistically, carefully optimistically. I like this call right here because while we, and I think he's right, is I think is some we we have a bunch of twos. I think fucking the Jaguars have a bunch of twos. I almost said a bunch of tools. The Jaguars? <laughs> Jaguars, Jaguars, Jags, Jaguars. whatever the fucking they're Jaguar. called. Um, but Jaguar. the thing that I come back to is something as Cody has been very optimistic, positive going forward and really defended this wide receiver group is that while they're unknown and some of them are unproven, they really are the more talented group we've had. Yes. Except for, I mean, you could say this is the DJ Moore, the Robbie Anderson, that 1,000, 1,000, 1,000, whoever, and Curtis Samuel was arguably the most talented group we've had since like 2013. But if you really look at all the groups other than that one, this one really has both proven and DJ Shark and Thielen and potential more so than us. We're not running bums out like we did with whatever that Russell Shepard was and fucking Corey Brown. And, no, and, and, and look, Philly Brown did a great job in the NFL. So when I say bums, is like undra- he was an undrafted free agent. That bear, you know, right. it's like it was like he achieved like optimal success in so many ways. It's not Philly Brown, Brenton Burson, our best is an age ass Jericho Cotri, who I like. This is arguably the best group since DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, and Curtis Samuel. We have now, arguably it guys. is, but it wasn't even a great group then. And right. You know what I call them? I call them the turned up trio, and I'm gonna trademark that. The, the turned, turned up, up trio. trio. And that is Terrace Marshall Jr., DJ Chark, and Jonathan Mingo. And these are guys that are six foot three, 220 pounds, and can run in the high four threes slash low four fours. And they have an incredible wingspan. Like these guys physically are capable of doing things that your average wide receiver isn't capable of doing. So, again, man, we have those type of dynamic playmakers on the field. And even though they're not necessarily proven commodities, hey, they're, the upside to all of them is a lot more considerable than many Panther fans are taking into consideration and a lot of other media members at large are taking into consideration. All right, here's Anthony from Charlotte. Hmm. What it do, C3? It's your boy, Anthony from Charlotte. It's currently 429 on July 18th, this Tuesday. Um, Hope y'all boys are doing good. I'm back. I'm not sick anymore, so I'm ready to bring some fire. Um, Kind of a dead period. Like We're like a couple days from training camp, so that's awesome to see. I can't wait for the boys to get out there and, you know, work hard and, you know, just put in the work with a real coaching staff. We're going to, you know, take it day by day this year. It's going to be an awesome season. I won't miss any of it. Um, second thing I want to say is, you know, for the people in the back, let me just say Madden ratings are bullshit. Okay. Like don't take that seriously. Oh, do at we all. have those? I don't take yeah. it seriously. When I use the Panthers, I, I mean, I still whoop everyone's ass in Madden with the Panthers, whatever their overall is and who the players are. Um, 
I will say, like, some of the ratings are, are terrible, like, downright disrespectful. I don't know how Brian Burns only goes up one overall from the previous season. Eric Brown's, like, an 85 now, which is, you know, solid, but he should probably be, like, an 88. Um, the rookie quarterback's ratings got leaked. Bryce Young is the best at a 74. It just doesn't make sense to me, considering guys like Joe Burrow and Trevor Lawrence came in at 78. But, you know, I'm not going to bicker too much about this Madden situation. It's just Madden. And, you know, as, I, as I've been saying, man, once we prove ourselves, those ratings will go up. I mean, I simply remember Cam Newton in Madden 16, the year after his MVP season, was like a 99 overall in Madden which was, you know, amazing. But I'm going to stop talking about Madden here. Um, the main reason I called him is because a lot of people, two things. One, Bryce Young is going to sign his contract. He just wants more bonus money up front, pretty much for incentives, I guess. That's what uh, Shout Out Panther Pickle's been saying. So, yeah, he's going to sign his contract. He's not holding out or anything like that. No, the first overall pick doesn't hold out. You get the biggest contract. Like, it's a, it's a great contract to start out. The second thing is this is our running back market, man. It's kind of crazy to me how some of these guys are criminally underpaid. And to be honest, it's all because of us. Let's just be honest. I know CMC's a great player, and I know he deserved the $16 million a season, but he's the prime reason why these guys aren't getting paid because he set the bar so high, and he's such a different player. The guys like Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs, who led the league in rushing last year, can't even break – um like can't even get like $12 million per year. I don't know. I just think it's kind of crazy. Give me your thoughts on the Madden and the RB contracts. Anthony from Charlotte, keep motherfucking pounding, boys. Hey, keep pounding, Anthony. Happy you're feeling better. So I have more numbers than just these, but just to break down some of the – the these are the highest numbers from top to bottom in Madden. Uh, the highest ranked player that we have – is Brian Burns at 88, Miles Sanders 86, Derek Brown 85, Taylor Moten 84, Shaq Thompson 84, Adam Thielen 83, Von Bell 83, Jeremy Chen 81, Dante Jackson 81, and Johnny Hacker 81. Um, I'm gonna share my, I'm gonna share my screen real quick because I have a bunch of other numbers that uh we can just kind of fly by real quick just to get these out of the way. Um, the Panthers' safety ratings uh, in Madden are uh, not great. Vaughn Bell, 83. Jeremy Chen, 81. That's another thing. Uh, Jeremy Chen is not very well thought of in uh, in Madden's eyes. 81 is it. not terrible, is it, though? It's less than, yeah, I mean, it's not great. <laughs> yeah, it's not, I would say, it's not, like, it's it's somebody who doesn't deserve, like, a big second contract. Well, yeah, which or, is like what people have been saying about Jeremy Chen right now. Right. Uh, I have yeah, zero um, problems with these numbers. So uh, the wide receiver rankings, Adam Thielen is our highest at 83, DJ Chart 77, LaVish Christian Lalt 75, Terrace Marshall Jr. 73, uh, Jonathan Mingo 72. Who Demir are you most Bird, upset by? 72. Well, I mean, again, I don't blame them because they don't know the player that much. I would say Terrace Marshall Jr. is a lot better than Than seventy-three. No, that means that he's that means he's in the top. No, what thirty percent of the league? He has proven it yet. I'm saying by the time the season rolls around and we get to playing football, 
that number is going to seem very, very, very outdated. Maybe. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I That's don't think it's I'm out of ridiculous. I don't think it's is. And don't come at me with the fucking JC Horn shit. That's the one everybody's going to be like, oh, Jason right. Horn, top three corner in the league. Yeah. The, the Panthers' speed ratings are interesting as well. DJ Chark is a 94. is the fastest. They have Jeremy Chen at 93. A bunch of different names on here, but you notice Dante Jackson not listed. What? Yeah, they don't have Dante Jackson. In the... Did he lose a step because of his injuries? Yeah, he lost a foot. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't he know. He lost an Achilles for sure. Terrace Marshall Jr. is at 91. And by the way, this goes back to my point. When you look at the at the speed that we have from all of these different positions, bro, that's not bad at all, man. DJ Chark, uh, 94. TMJ, 91. Jonathan Mingo's already at a 90. Adam Thielen's at an 89. Jonathan Mingo ain't that fast. Why did they give him a 90? Yes, he is. He ran a low 4-4 at 220-something pounds. Don't wait no 220, does he? Look that shit up. I'm not looking it up. I'm playing the next one. Yeah, you need to look it up. He's a burner, man. C3 Panther Billy here. Just checking in. Uh, With all the stuff going around the NFL uh, with these running backs, I'm wondering, do y'all think if we paid Miles Sanders too much money? I mean, could we have got one of these other guys cheaper? Mm. Uh, What are your thoughts on that? Everybody like, subscribe, keep pounding. Keep pounding. Go ahead, CK. I was just saying, I don't think you're going to get anybody cheaper. I mean, I think that's one of the reasons these guys are holding out. I think if these guys came with the same price that Miles Sanders did, they would have been signed already. Hmm. Right, right, is that they are going to command more. The real problem is this, is Miles Sanders just couldn't get the franchise tag. Right. You know, is that I was thinking about how these running backs could try to flip the script a little bit. And really, the one way to do it is to bet on yourself and say, look, it's fine. I'd rather pay for short term more like what just pay me 12 million guaranteed straight up one year. And then we'll be and then I'll go to another team next year or you'll resign me for two years or whatever. And we'll figure it out. But they can't do that because the franchise tag. Is a better deal for the team than like Mm -hmm. a one year, 14 million dollar deal. Mm-hmm. It's a better deal, but like I think the other concern he is six is foot you, two, two twenty. You you have to look at Told you. Le'Veon Bell as a cautionary tale. You know, like maybe you Zeke. Zeke isn't who's a, more uh, cautionary. Let me ask you this, CK, because I've been thinking because I thought Le'Veon. the same. I thought Le'Veon, but Le'Veon sat out a whole year. Yeah, he he did that out a whole yeah. year and took less money from the Jets than he was originally offered. Right. And he Steelers. went through the he went down the drain. But I think the reason that that's a cautionary tale isn't that you know running backs are going to hold out, but it's a cautionary tale because as a franchise, right. the Jets ended up taking a like basically saying, like, oh, well, he's always been a good running back and a really good wide receiver. And he was incredible. So, he was the Christian McCaffrey before Christian McCaffrey. He was and yeah. arguably even better. 
yeah. in some ways. And and so when you think about that, like there's there's a shelf life that makes these guys afraid to do like a long term contract with these running backs. Like it was like that that Le'Veon Bell was no longer good. Like it was just an like one season. That one season off might have had an impact. I know, but it killed him. And then he but, was nothing. He never was. Ex- I almost right. I, was tight. Who's worse for the whole group? CK, Le'Veon, Zeke, Todd Gurley. Who heard it more? Mm. Zeke cool. isn't in the in the equation, in my opinion. He got a lot, dude. Here is the thing. I saw one article on Christian McCaffrey once that really hit home. And it said this is when you pay somebody on what they did, not what they're going to do. It's hard to like, that's a hard right. negotiation. So like, is like you paid Christian McCaffrey based on the thousand thousand re- season, but like the odds that he's going to do a thousand thousand again, do you pay them on what they did in the past or what they're going to do next year? And I feel like this is, I don't feel like Todd Gurley stole anybody's money. I don't feel like these guys stole, but what they did is they got paid on what they did do rather than what they're going to do. I think that's true. And that's what happened with Christian, man. We said this is they said, look, we're going to cut cam. Christian had the thousand thousand. Let's just give, but like, how can he replicate that again? Right. right. It's like Jamar Chase's rookie year. How can you right. can you do sixteen hundred yards receiving and nineteen touchdowns or whatever the fuck it is every year? You can't, but I don't think you you sign him to do that. Like I don't think I don't think Christian McCaffrey got paid simply because they wanted another thousand thousand season. I think they paid him because he was capable of being that talented. Yeah. Right. And and he was still early on when we did the extension with CMC. He was still really young. Like he was not on the back end of his career. He wasn't like it wasn't his second contract. He was still in his rookie contract. He hadn't even played his fifth year yet. Right. And, and people aren't sitting here and saying he's overpaid right now. <laughs> well, nobody's saying Maybe that because now because Carolina is picking up part of the bill. N- not even that. It's yes, that's a part of it, but it also is that his his contract isn't as daunting as it was three, three years, years ago, ago when it was signed. That's a great point. Can, All right, let's go to the next. Quick, well, yeah, can I ask ahead. a question about Miles Sanders real quick while we're talking about running backs? Yeah. Why does everybody have this notion that he's not going to be good? I mean, I'm I'm looking at his stats from last Nobody year. has that notion, man. I, I, I feel like I hear a lot of that, that he's I not going to be very good. I'm, there's I don't there's a lot of – it's a lot of Philadelphia Eagles fans just trying to, like, basically do what they do when somebody leaves their team. Leaves. They're, okay. they're garbage. They were never really a part of this team anyway. They didn't really do anything to help us win – but you know, same thing with like what they do. And with they wins. have Cam. They have okay. the ver- <laughs> they have the most recent version of Cam, right? And so as he's a side story rather than the story, because <clears throat> they have Jalen Hurts, who is just got paid a gazillion dollars. Right. Now they got that all these. Sense. I think I'm just, I'm just looking at his stats, and I can't see how anybody could hate on him. To be honest, nobody's hating oh, on yeah, him. Dude, this is the they're, they're trying to forecast the regression to the mean is the people who are downplaying what Miles Sanders are do- is doing is what they're going to try to tell you. And I have a fantasy football guru friend and we have a bet right now is like beers on one night at sports trivia. If he can beat last season or not. And his belief is that last season was his best season. Statistically like 11 touchdowns, to 12 touchdowns, this, yeah. 
is like it's going to be hard. I think Miles Sanders comes in here and becomes an every down back in Carolina. Yeah, I think I think he's out there more than we think. I think we're going to try to run him into the fucking ground for the next three years. That's what I would do if I was Carolina. He's only twenty five. Let's just fucking eat it up. Let's go to the next call. Three more after this. What up, guys? This is Deeves, and I'm trying to get in my cat call. Just one day removed from our third C3 Nation Twitter space. I want you to know we're early. We're still early in and working out some bugs, but things in the C3 Nation Twitter spaces is going quite well. Last week in our first week, only 21 people chimed in, but now this week in just our third show or third space, 52 people have chimed in. So shout out to Panther Pickle. He's doing a great job. I want to thank everyone that has stopped in and supported and spoke within the conversation. I want everyone to know that we can we can have up to 10 speakers at a time. So. Come join the conversation of the C3 Nation. That's Mondays and Thursdays at 6.30 p.m. for now. Coming up this Thursday, we're going to do a brand new segment, and I'm really excited about it, and I want everyone to be a part of it. It's going to be called Storytime with Uncle Pickle. So make sure you don't miss this. Go to Pickle's page and hit the notification bell and turn on notice for spaces. Cody had a great idea for cat calls today. He had posed the question that, or he had said that he wanted to see Bryce Young do Sunday giveaways just like Cam. And I want you guys to know that I absolutely love this. I can't agree more. Not only was Cam the number one overall pick, just like Bryce Young, he was a, a wonderful contributor to this franchise. And so many people still adore him. Showing this tribute to him each and every Sunday at the home games would just make all the Panthers fans fall in love with Bryce Young if they haven't already. I think that's a perfect way for him to pay homage to a guy that he already looks up to and that he's already talked about. So with that being said, I want to say keep pounding, C3. Keep pounding. Pounding. You see what I mean? These will get you running through a wall, man. This is the man, bro. Shout out to him. And yes, shout out to Panther Pickle. The boys have been doing the C3 spaces twice a week. So if you can't get on the cat calls at 252-228-5098, if you can't join the Friday free for all every Friday at 7 p.m. where you can join the link via StreamYard and interact just how we're talking right now, you can be on Twitter and hang out with the C3 boys and join those Twitter spaces. Bro, who has more ways to interact than the C3 Panthers podcast, baby? No one is the answer to that question, damn it. And you know what? To show how awesome our fans are, Nick Lyon with the $20 love. As my big mama in Newburn was sending me Panthers starter jackets in 1996. <clears throat> Boo, Seahawks. Been a fan since 2015. Y'all boys are welcome to the cookout. Love the pod. Keep pounding forever. Shout out to Nick Lyons. We really appreciate you, brother. And yeah, to so De- generous. To Deez's call. Uh, yeah, I put this on Twitter. This needs to be a Carolina Panthers tradition from now until the end of time. And Bright <clears throat> Young. Needs to be the one to bring it back. That's right. I'm talking about the Sunday giveaway, baby. Every Sunday, Cam Newton 
would make a memory for one of these young Panther fans that would last them for the rest of their life. That is an incredible tradition started by Cam Newton and Mike Shula, believe it or not, that has continued to live on. And I'm hoping that uh, this continues to be a thing for the Carolina Panthers. And what a way for Bryce Young to ingratiate himself to a brand new generation of Panther fans. I love it and think that it needs to happen. Love to hear the growth already um, on the C3 spaces started by Panther Pickle, Diesel Skills. Um, I really want to just congratulate so many people who have, I, I don't want to say ownership. Yeah, ownership. Who just, look, this is your, this is your show. This is your podcast look is like I get up here and do it every week, not because I want it to be about me, just because I want to keep the conversation going. But do you know how inspirational it is to me to have people take the lead and the creative, you know what I'm saying? It's like I can only I when I when I got hired at my job, uh, and I've been there almost 14 years now. I remember the boss at one point saying, like, I've given all my good ideas. Like I've like I've uh, I've worked here for 30 <laughs> years. I've like I ran out of my ideas. Like I need we need more creative impulses. We need more voices. We need more. Um, and it's just wonderful to to hear that. I think yeah. another thing that's great about the spaces, too, is what we've just, like you said, offered another avenue. And everybody has something that they feel more comfortable with. You know, some people might feel comfortable tweeting. Some people might feel comfortable commenting on Facebook. Some people might listen on the podcast. Some people might call into the cat calls. Some people Leave might go a to comment under the videos in the right. YouTube Friday free for all in the spaces is another avenue. Again, this is not about us. It's about creating a fan conversation. So wonderful to see people chiming in and thank you so much for even the mon the monetary donations. What a sacrifice, what a generous contribution. But I tell you, man, when I see um, these, these and these guys taking ownership of, of a discussion, it's uh it's really uh heartwarming for me. The number is two, five, two, 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 eight, 5098. We got two more, three more calls. And then we'll get into our ice up pick somehow, some way we find a way to go to Wednesday. What up boys? It's Nick from Seattle. It's time for a lovely night. I hope y'all ready for some shit. Cause we going to get into it. Greg, my man, you are mm -hmm. setting yourself up for a tragic, tragic downfall. My friend, I mean, <laughs> I hear what you're saying to where you want to be wrong about Bryce, but why you got to be the contrarian man. I mean, we're all excited about Bryce coming in. Just get on the damn train, man. Like, come on. You know you're going to eventually anyways. So quit bullshitting and just hop on the train. You know what I'm saying? Choo -choo. Everybody else, y'all have been wonderful. I love hearing everybody getting up on Greg. It's real funny. I mean, Greg, I got nothing against you. You're a great dude. It's just really funny to hear you be on that Bryce is not going to be great train. Like, come on, man. We gave away the Once farm again, to get this not, boy. That's not what we I've said. We haven't had hope like this since Cam was a rookie. Like, People are misrepresenting me. It's not what I've said. With both nuts. 
and give him the world. Because what else we got, man? Like, we need something to be happy about. Tony, love what you're doing. Cody, you're awesome as always. CK, keep it up. Everybody, Greg, you're still my man. Everybody, keep pounding. Keep pounding. Let's fucking go. Keep pounding. You keep pounding, but Shout once again, like I said, that's that's just a misrepresentation of what I'm saying. I'm I'm not saying that Bryce Young is going to be garbage. Shame on you, Lloyd Michaels. Shame like, on you, NBC. Like, I'm not Shame saying he's going to be garbage. You, I, just said I want to see him do well before I say he's amazing. That's it. Tony, to, uh, you also need the Game of Thrones job. Uh, you know who Shane. that is? Does it? Does it? Do you guys know who that is? By the way, mm-hmm. Lorne Michaels. I know who Lorne no, Michaels is. You know, is. but the the voice. Uh, right here, one more time. Shame on you, Lorne Michaels. Shame on you, NBC. Shame on you. No, that's the great Eddie Murphy. Wow. Oh, is it really? Yeah, yeah. man, he's in the cactus outfit or whatever. Uh, Shame. Yeah, this is a great bit. On uh, he went on the news. Um. I I want a question for next week, callers. So if you're listening to this podcast still this late or you're listening to it on the road on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, another place, great place to leave a review. Next week, I want to say this, is he brought up this with Cam. And I do think this is like we are wanted, we are hungry, we are thirsty for quarterback, and we need and want Bryce Young to be the great, the GOAT. You know what I'm saying? We need them. But if we are wet blanket Greg, try to put ourselves into the body and the mindset of wet blanket Greg, who is, I almost wonder is who is the greater risk, Bryce Young or Cam Newton on day one? And there were so many more haters on Cam. Yeah. So I feel like this is despite, like I just, if anything is Bryce Young is just getting a, conversational pass in some ways because his personality isn't divisive but i wonder who is really if we how about this is what if cam newton and bryce young were in the same class who do you pick oh way to fuck everybody up everybody everybody's picking cam newton in that class are you kidding me not same stats same stats where where bryce doesn't win the national title 2011 they weren't man they were about to pick i'm picking cam newton because i'm in love with him but Cam Newton did get picked that year with a plethora of quarterbacks that were. No, he didn't have a plethora. He had Jake Locker. Not a that, plethora. He had, a lot of he had quarterbacks Jake Locker. That, that everybody thought was going to be great. That 2011 draft class is amazing. No, no it's not. It's, they had oh Jake God. Locker and not fucking for quarterbacks. The, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying the quarterbacks were amazing. For other players. I'm saying the, the, the draft class was amazing. Not saying the quarterbacks were, but all the quarterbacks going into there. Were, we're looked terrible. at to be very good quarterbacks. Yeah, no, Blaine Gabbert no. and Jake Locker. There was and, two. Uh, and Andy Dalton was one in there. Nobody had ever even heard about him before the draft. Okay. Okay. I don't, sure. uh, all right. Who would you? T- all right. Real quick. Callers 252-228-5098. Next week, we want to hear this. Um, and it'd be a training camp episode, right? Oh, it'd be the eve of training camp. So I'll be at Cody's house. I'll be at Cody's house, staying the night on my way to Spartanburg. Cody, Cam Newton, Bryce Young, who you picking? I mean, bro, it's kind of un. It's unfair. I know it, it it's an unfair, unfair because is, we have a me. because we've we've slept with Cam. We haven't slept with Bryce yet. But again, you're asking me to pick between 
the guy who made me a Panthers fan versus the guy that's who's the better me, prospect though. that's keeping me a Panthers fan. I mean, if I'm just being honest, Cam was a unicorn, dude. Yeah, same, same. Six In foot fact. five, two hundred and forty-five pounds. Ran a four-five. Won a Heisman. Had I mean, the greatest the, college. You know what? If anything, no, was, no other NFL this. talent on that Auburn offense. I almost want. I want, and I. This is very tough for me to say, but Cam Newton's story might be one of the saddest NFL stories ever. It's like a Bo Jackson type story. It's like what he could have been rather than what he was. And that's why I wanted him to just have one more fucking season, one more good season, because Cam is a what could have been story rather than what was. Luke yeah. Keekley has a better what was story than Cam. A better what was story? Right. Like is like what actually is like Cam is one of those players this. He did a lot of great look, my favorite like fave fave, you know, secret fave other than Julius. Right. But the thing is, is Cam Cam's story in my mind is one that doesn't have a happy ending. Just has a sad. Yeah. It's like a, what it could have been. It's like if I would have not skipped fifty-two days of Latin two in high school, what could I have been? Could have been better, right? It was like was great, but man, it's like damn. It's like Cam's story should be longer than it was. It should have been better. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, we should he we should have yep. better weapons for him. We should have had better injury all for it's him. like nine different yeah, and I don't want to go down the rabbit hole. What I'm just saying it's a story that is under it's like a stock that underperformed rather than overperformed. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's just sad. I mean, it, to me, it's one of the it's like my most uplifting story, but also so sad. Let's go to the next call. Did we hear this one already? What up, boys? It's Nick from Seattle. Did we hear this it's one? time for a lovely night. We I did. hope y'all ready for some shit because we're going to get into it. Was that when you? Was yeah, that the one? This. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, we heard Nick. I, I didn't know if you had a second. Call. Degree, what's going on, guys? It's uh, Kyle, also known as Nylon Panther fan. Charles hey, well, one. Kyle. Uh, He's been all, on the free for all uh, a bunch. So far, guys. Um, I've seen on Twitter the uh, the talk about uh, the football celebration at the end of the at the end of the end zone. That is totally not disrespectful to Cam. That is making some kids stay at the stadium yeah. like, and that does need to be a tradition that our pan our Panther players continue to follow. Um, Matt Corral. I hope that he sticks around um, and showcases a little bit, uh, at least as a solid backup. Um, he's my backup number one. But uh, <laughs> uh, other than that, uh, love the show. Love y'all. Have a great night. Keep pounding. Thank you. Keep pounding. pounding. I, you know, I, I'll make one point to that um, as we move on. Um, I get the appeal 
I don't find it to be disrespectful to Cam if he did that. But if he's doing it as an homage to Cam, it just feels a bit, um, uh, I guess, inauthentic. You know, what is it? What is another word for that? Lacks it just, creativity. La- yeah, I mean, just, you know, I, well, I, I did think the Superman celebration. Fighting his style. Yeah, yeah I, I just I just don't I think it might hinder his own like his own stamp Legacy. on the city. Uniqueness, right. Right. I just I, again, it doesn't have to be anything substantial. I mean, it could be just as simple as giving that ball away. It could be something else. I don't know. But I don't know that. Um, I don't know that I really want Bryce to just repeat what Cam did. Cam is a is a one of one, as we talked about. I I think his legacy is his legacy, and um, I don't I don't know that I'm like I I don't think I want Bryce to just live in that shadow. Well, I don't understand what you're saying, but going back to what Kyle just said, I, I mean it's. The fact that you're going to make a memory for a young fan that's going to yeah. last forever, like that in and of itself is bigger than Cam Newton. Yeah. It's bigger than Bryce Young. Sure. It is, it is a collective thing. And if Bryce continues the tradition, well, it's no longer just a Cam Newton thing. Right. It's a you Carolina can, can, thing. Yeah, yeah. You can credit Cam Newton with starting that trend like the lambo now, leap right like, but right, he was the right. first person that did now but no, i understand that's too, embedded in our culture the scarier thing for me though is is the past is to be like oh look at how fucking giving bryce young is and how much he cares and then everybody when cam was doing it was like having yeah. some fucking conniption fit of why he was actually doing it you know what i'm saying is so there's going to be something. Yeah, but you can't change that, though. That that's. I think just the most important part about this is how impactful Cam has been to yeah. Carolina. Is I'm sitting here talking about how sad his story is in so many ways, but regardless, is he is Carolina's first superstar. He is the first well, icon. He's the first. Yeah, well, super like. Like you see him at the fucking nobody looked at ran into Steve Smith in the Dallas airport and was like, oh shit, that's Steve Smith. They see Cam Newton, they're like, holy fuck. You know what I mean? He was bigger than life. Yeah. God, love Cam. I agree with that. Love Cam. Last go. Hey, what's up? This is the real AP. Clap her hands three times to give a Ric Flair. Woo! Man, I'm excited about this season. Um, I mean, shit, everything's pointing upwards, man. I mean, we got what seems to be a formidable lineup on both sides. Coaching, everything, man. I mean, and I've seen everything out there, like, all oh, the Falcons going to win the South. Saints. I mean, everybody's got their take, man. But I, I, I mean, I really believe, man. It, I, I'm, I hope I'm right. I've got a lot of faith in this team. I just hope we have more than a five-win season. Uh, yeah. Let's go nine at least. But do you think? But uh, what do y'all think that? Uh, <clears throat> Bryce is going to be trained this first season to be a game manager or a fucking 
slinging it, getting the shit done, man, like like Cam did. I don't know, man. I don't care either way, man. I'm really stoked about it. I hope it works out, and I'm with Greg. And as G Baby says, two pound hammer. Like <laughs> like it I was like with Cam. I was the same way. I was like, well, I'm gonna see what happens. I'm gonna let me watch him first. Let's see, let's see what's going on, man. I mean, that's just how I feel about it. Let's just see how it all plays out, man, because none of this shit really matters until Sundays. Right. That's what matters the most. Anyway, yeah. love you guys. Love you, really, Pete. C3 for life. Peace. C3 for life. Shout out, real AP. Great stuff. Great stuff, man. Great, Great fan base. Um, fantastic things tonight. We've um, covered a lot. Cody, we're not going to go into the news too in depth. It's 12-17, and we haven't even hit the ice up picks. But yeah, there is, is one thing that needs to up. be mentioned. DeAndre Hopkins is not going to be a Carolina Panther. Oh, uh, yeah. And, dude, this pissed me off. And I'm a DeAndre Hopkins fan. Like, you chose Ryan Tannehill. He chose $26 million. That's what it was all about. Yeah. Yeah, I know. But it, when you're on, okay, late in your career and you don't want a ring chase, like, I'm sorry, bro. Hey, maybe if you're a Titans fan, listen, maybe you're mad. The Titans ain't winning shit this year, dude. It's like, come on, what are we talking about? But yeah, uh, DeAndre Hopkins to the Tennessee Titans. Uh, what was that deal? Hard for me to read this shit. Sometimes it uh, is two years, twenty six million, million. Um, up to thirty two with incentives. Yeah, and then they have an out after one year. Like they they don't have to they don't have to have him in there. Um, they don't have to have him in there after the first year. Like I think they have a an easy out. Like I don't think it's a guarantee out in the second year. And Kevin, uh, shut your ass up, bro. No cock commanders. We're not listening to y'all, bro. Don't start no shit. No, we're putting all our hopes on Shy Smith. Fucking the other great fucking South Carolina guy. JC Horn. <laughs> yeah, right. uh, you're listening to the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com. Every Tuesday night into the wee hours of Wednesday morning, we chop up the latest Panthers news and opinions from the fan perspective. We're going to be in Spartanburg, South Carolina, for a training camp next week. We'll be there Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And we're going to be at Monster Subs Thursday, probably around 1.30, live broadcast. We're going to do a lot of CK and I and Cody and whoever and look is like we've got avenues to continue to do it virtually for people that can't make it greg even if if you have the day off you don't got to be there or something like that is we can still pin you in virtually and do the same stuff but live from monster subs on thursday hanging out getting to meet you guys and enduring the spartanburg heat uh we got one final segment and that is the ice up segment it's where we tell someone to ice up, toughen up to get it together. Cody, let's run that bump. Ice up, son. Ice up. Like I said, longest running Panthers podcast. This is the longest running segment. 
Not only have we are we entering our 11th season weekly as a show, we've been a diet more dynamic as the years have gone by from the Friday free for all to the post game show to the C3 news beat. Go and check that out. We're going to be putting out continued content. But one thing we've been rocking and rolling with is our homage to Steve Smith, where we tell someone to ice up, toughen up to get it together. And it turns out, unfortunately, the fucking world needs to be iced up. Yes, it it does. needs to be iced up. So ping pong, ping pong. Where should we go? How do we start? I don't know. Who's ready to I'm rock ready. and roll? Yeah. I can do this. And uh, everybody prepare yourselves. It gets because these are wild and wilder each week. Well, they're painful. <laughs> you're you're going to see some people that are in extreme levels of discomfort okay nothing nothing too crazy but it's pretty crazy man we're gonna get into it uh i don't know what argument was happening at this game i'm assuming it's a baseball game but i love the caption uh he tore his m he tore his acl mcl bbl cbs nbc and dvd uh, <laughs> watch this guy he's gonna zoom in on him the guy in the blue that's getting ready to walk downstairs. Yeah, he's uh, totally not having a good time after this. So it looks like he's yelling at someone. Oh, top at the top. I'm out of here, bitches. Watch him. Oh! oh. oh. <laughs> Somebody help him. He didn't hurt himself. Somebody help him. <laughs> <laughs> he, did. he did. That's exactly what he did. He hurt himself. He got hurt himself. Somebody help him. Somebody get him some ice. Wait, one more time. One more time. Oh, 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 oh you know, his shit just goes out from underneath them. I don't like it. He got hurt himself. Somebody help him. I love that. That is, uh, that's hilarious to me. I guess when you're, uh, getting mad at people at a baseball game. Uh, don't let your knees give out on you halfway down the stairs, man. Ice up to them. And um, I've also got one more. And uh, I'm going to go to it. Now, this one is even crazier. And uh, don't let anyone ever tell you professional wrestling is fake. It might be scripted. Oh, this is that bitch jumping off the fucking roof or whatever. It might be it might be scripted. But this damn sure isn't fake. So we're at some regional event. Holy shit! Holy shit! You think running backs are underpaid? Yeah. Watch it, watch it. Oh, oh, oh man. Oh, he missed the table. Oh, man. Ooh, the- making sure he's okay. Totally. Oh, man. He's not okay. No, he's he not He landed on a concrete floor. Oh, Dude oh, is oh, not man. good. Look at all oh. nine people this. Very oh, good sound. One more, one more time. Watch the oh, impact oh, of this shit, dude. Shattered elbow. You know, I hadn't even watched the end of this. I just passed Holy by this the whole week Holy from this point. <laughs> 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 
Let him celebrate. Oh God, God. He's the man. <laughs> oh, this shoulder is fucking done. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, he is never yeah, going to use that shoulder again. Okay. Career over. Oh, man. No. Not okay. That Career man over. needs to ice up the entire right side of his body for the next 10 years straight, dude. Wow. Hey, if you're going to jump off uh, the side of a wall onto a table, hey, maybe mm -hmm. don't miss, bro. Ice uh, up, son. Or put a pad underneath. Up. All right, I got to run through mine real quick. The first one is, is this is funny to me. I don't know if this is an ice up or what. Uh, <laughs> but uh, this guy wrote on Reddit. He said, I masturbate to one of my coworkers every day before work. Throw away for obvious reasons. I'm 20 something. I'm a 20 something man at a West Coast tech job. One of my coworkers is married, Indian mom in her late 40s with a huge butt. I've always gotten a bit turned on to on her. But he's he says he feels guilty about the problem is, is that when he sees her first thing in the morning <laughs> at work and she says, good morning. And he's like, great morning. That one made me so ice up on me. Quit whacking it off that much. Um, <laughs> This one to me, I don't know if this is an ice up that but this is tough. This is a tough read. And and why are we only hearing about this four years later or whatever? Five February 2018, Kylie Murpet ripped out her own eyeballs and squished them with her hands during a meth induced psychotic episode. Oh gosh. Yuck. Who is this? What? Yeah. I mean, that's what it says. It says she had been awake for 48 hours snorting and injecting a concoct. First of all, it wasn't tainted with meth if you've been shooting it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, tainted with meth is you were shooting meth. No. Uh, what about this one? Um, this high school in New York put in a blacktop turf. Somebody said, man, you're this guy said that their their cleats are going to melt during training camp. I thought that was wild. So ice up literally. And this one right here, this is my top. Oh, this is one of my top ones. This girl's fly too, right? Lana Queen. It's not my number one ice up. This is my second to number one ice up right here. She says, greetings from uh, greetings from Greece. Volume five has been so refreshing. Every day I spend time research. Time to research promising NFT altcoins. My personal. So she is somehow made herself. And if you look at her, she's got a one. Uh, well, she's got 16.1. She's not over crazy with the followers. But my question is, what's more fake NFTs or her boobs? <laughs> NFTs. Hmm. I don't think there's anything more fake than NFTs. <laughs> okay. All right. That's no, no. Well, at least. Those are physical, right? right like they're right. real, technically. Right. Yeah, they right. are real. Yeah, yeah. They're way more right. real than me. Santa Claus <laughs> is fake. Those are real. Right, right. All right. Good, good, great, great answer. Um, there's kids <laughs> watching, and uh, we probably shouldn't uh, talk about Santa Claus like that. The <laughs> did you see? Actually, oh, I forgot this one. Did you see Miranda Lambert? Um, can you hear that? Number one on my list, I can hear it. These girls are worried about their selfie and not listening to the songs pissing me off a little bit. This girl called out some mugs in her concert for taking a selfie at her concert. What a biatch. No wonder yeah. you got left for Gwen Stefani. And they paid money to right. be there. So why are you bitching? 
This one, I don't know who to ice up. Me, the internet, whatever. So this is the image I run across is, I'm like, uh, it's OnlyFans.com, Sierra X Rain. It says EMT firefighter at the top of this. Uh, so this is on the back. If you're listening on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you're at, it's a back of a car. It's a um, a graphic that they put on the back windshield of a like a fucking minivan or a SUV. Freestyle. What is a freestyle? I don't even know a Ford freestyle. I never even heard of it. Mm. So OnlyFans and then the fucking internet goes nuts because of this bottom left corner where it's got a family, it's got a husband, a wife, kids, three kids, two dogs, a cat and all this shit. And the internet went crazy because it was like, um, it's like, oh man, these kids are getting ragged on. They're getting the most bullied motherfuckers. But then the girl comments on this shit. And I don't think anybody's ragging on moms here. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, I don't know if this is true or hoax. I'm icing up myself. I told her, I told them, I was like, you need to get that car wrapped. Prevents STDs. Um, (laughs) Those are my ISO picks. CK, you Uh, got one? No, man, we're good. Yeah, I, I don't have one either. Uh, I guess I can ice myself up real quick for Being not watching like Rice's it. Gemstones earlier than I have. If you haven't seen oh, dude, it's so good. It's a it's great show. It's such a good show, yeah. dude. I love it. I'm, I'm into the first season right now. Oh, dude, they're on season three right now. Yeah, dude, I'm into the first season. Danny McBride is a legend. I he love is. that. He's amazing. He really is. Yeah, he created what that about, show. Yeah. What about, um, Did you have you, who hasn't had a chance to watch Quarterback? I haven't. I've seen bits and pieces. I haven't, I haven't watched seen it. it yet. Yeah, it's it's a really good series. Like I, yeah. Honestly, I mean, number one, you're gonna come out with a a great deal more respect for what Patrick Mahomes does. However, Kirk Cousins is going to be like maybe move up your draft your list of like top quarterbacks in the league. Like cool people. I no. no, I wouldn't say cool. Like I would just say <laughs> the cool. dude, the dude has like I don't know, there's just he's incredibly likable. And w- even though there are some bad things that happen, like in games and whatnot, like the dude's like under under pressure is like one of the calmest and coolest guys out there. I don't know. Like I just I, I think that I I walked away from that series with a newfound respect for Patrick Mahomes and Kirk Cousins. And you know, uh, Marcus Mariota, not so much. <laughs> you like that? You like that? It's the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com every Tuesday night into the wee hours of Wednesday, Wednesday morning. We chop up the latest Panthers news and opinions from the fan perspective. My show recommendation is Foundation. And uh, Cody Lack, take us out of here. C3 Nation, until next time, keep pounding.